hi, ladies and gentlemen. What the fuck is happening? I have a monthly show that we're doing now at the Comedy Store. It's going to be on Thursday nights, and it starts April the 12th. It won't necessarily always be on the third Thursday of the month, or in this case, the second Thursday of the month, but it might. You know, we never know. It'll be on Thursdays, though, and it'll be at the Comedy Store, and it'll be at 10 p.m. Thursday night is the first one. Um, Tony Hinchcliffe's going to be on, a bunch of other people as well, but it'll be me and my friends, 10 p.m., Thursday night, you can get tickets from thecomedystore.com. And if you're not there for that show, look, the Comedy Store is a fucking amazing place. You could go see a million people that are hilarious there and uh, enjoy it. And thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to the Cash App. This podcast is brought to you by the easiest way for you to send and receive money with friends and family. It's the Cash App. And you can get it for free on the App Store or Google Play. And you can even buy and sell Bitcoin with it now. Whoa! So if you've been curious about Bitcoin, now's your chance. Anyone can si- sign up and buy instantly within minutes. And you don't have to buy an entire Bitcoin. You can buy as little as a dollar. Most buys and sells happen in seconds. You can keep your funds right in the ash, in the ash, right in the app or cash out. See, I was ready, I was ready to say cash when I was saying app. I got ahead of the cart. The horse got ahead of the cart. Or the cart got ahead of the horse. That's what it is. Horses don't push, you silly bitch. Anyway, keep your funds right in the app or cash out directly to your bank account at any time. Couldn't be simpler. And if you're really thinking about getting into Bitcoin, you know how that shit jumps and drops and goes up and down. It's like a goddamn serpent. Where's it going? Well, you could bail on it at any time with the cash app. It's a beautiful setup. Just that cash goes right to your bank account. Woo! And of course... When you download the Cash app, use the promo code Joe Rogan, and $5 will go to you, and $5 will go to our good friend Justin Wren's Fight for the Forgotten Charity, and I am very pleased to announce that through that Cash app, we have raised thousands of dollars to help build wells for the pygmies in the Congo. So, download the Cash app for free, the App Store, or Google Play. Use the promo code Joe Rogan, one word, you get five bucks, five bucks goes to our good friend Justin Wren's Fight for the Forgotten Charity. Uh, thank you also to Athletic Greens. This is a company that's been sending me their uh, greens supplements, and it's some potent, very nutritious stuff. It's different than most of the stuff that's out there in the market, folks. It's the most complete whole food supplement available with 75 ingredients working together to help 11 different areas of health. It's been developed over 10 years by doctors, nutritionists, and naturopaths. And you add one scoop to like a drink or something like that. One scoop has the antioxidant equivalent of 12 servings of fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. Athletic Greens replaces a fistful of supplements that you might be taking now, you know, if if you take a lot of vitamins. And it adds the critical nutritional support that you now need in your life, you know, like you. uh, I never know what's going to come up during my day. I'm always busy. I'm always I travel a lot, and one of the things that I find is that if I don't supplement, and uh, I have to be really careful about my diet, when you're flying around as much as I am, you're stressing your body out. Uh, I just got this stuff recently. I've been taking it. I like it a lot. And it's just one scoop. I just bring it with me in my bag, and we have a special deal for listeners of this podcast where they're giving you 20 free travel packs valued at $99 with your first purchase. I can't, I mean, 
talked endlessly about the importance of health and nutrition. I just think it's just so it's it's something that just doesn't get drilled into our head enough. And this is something where you can add to the robustness of your daily diet. Pump that shit up with some healthy vitamins and nutrients with athletic greens. So getting into a daily routine with athletic greens really will be one of the best things you could do for your health. Can't stress it enough. Jump over to athleticgreens.com forward slash Rogan and claim your special offer today. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash Rogan. And last but not least, we are brought to you by Wish. The Wish app. The Wish app making e-commerce accessible to everyone on the planet. Over 300 million users and growing. Holy shit. That's like almost America on an app. What a world we live in, Jamie. Fucking amazing. Lowest prices. Products come directly from the source and cut out the middleman. No markups, no annual fee, no middleman. Clothing, electronics, toys, accessories, household, household goods, anything that you're looking for. If you can wait a few weeks for shipping, you get 60 to 90% off. The app is very easy to use. It's visual and scrollable with multiple photos of each item. It feels like you're browsing Facebook or Instagram rather than an e-commerce store. It's easy to use the search, search function. I'll say that again. It's easy to use the search function. Sponsors, UFC fighters, sponsored the Mayweather-McGregor fight, an official mobile sponsor for the LA Lakers. It's a fucking awesome app, folks. And Wish is offering all new users a free gift with purchase, but dedicated Wish lovers don't have to worry about being left out. All my listeners, you're not mine, I don't own you. All the listeners can get 20% off your purchase by using my code ROGAN. Just download and open your Wish app, find things that you didn't even know you needed, and enter my code ROGAN for 20% off your purchase. Who? And last but not least, we are brought to you by NetSuite. Has your company outgrown QuickBooks? Are your shared spreadsheets, manual processes, and legacy systems costing you time and money? Well, now is the time to move your motherfucking business to the cloud. Ooh. Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. With NetSuite, you can save time, money, and unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance, and accounting, orders, and HR a.k.a. human resources, instantly, right from your desk or even your phone. Thousands of the best-known brands and fastest-growing companies use NetSuite to manage their businesses, and now it's available to you. The power of the world's most popular cloud management system is more affordable than you think. Right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights to overcome the obstacles that are holding you back for free. Don't miss out on unleashing your business's full potential with this free guide, Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth. You can learn how to acquire new customers, increase profits, and finally get real visibility into your cash flow. Get NetSuite's guide, Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth, when you go to netsuite.com forward slash Rogan now. That's N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com forward slash Rogan. Download their free Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth guide today 
at netsuite.com forward slash Rogan. My guest today is one of my favorite musicians. Uh, I kept it together while she was here, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit of a fanboy. A little bit, a little bit. But she's very, very cool. I really enjoyed talking to her. Uh, please give it up for the great and powerful Liz Fair. Joe Rogan Podcast, check it out. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Nothing. Bought it in Mexico. This is kind of cool. I thought I could keep joints in it, but it's not quite big enough. The hole's not quite. <laughs> oh yeah, because they height. come out like all bent and yeah. sad. Oh, we're live. Yeah, I tried to keep joints in there, but it didn't. Just did you put in there? they all kind of were like it was like half on, half smushed. You need like one of those bubblegum brains. Mm. You're just sticking it in there. Yeah, uh, I didn't want to fanboy out when I met you, but I'm a huge fan. Thank just you to very let you know, much. I really love your music. Thank you I think very Dave much. Cross is the first guy who turned me on to you. I think, really? or, yeah. I don't remember how. I, mean, I just remember him telling me about Exile and Guyville. Do you mean Mr. Show? Yeah. David yeah, Cross? Yeah, he's the one. Yeah. He was a big, Mr. Show was in my happiest touring iteration. Like, that was what we watched every night after the show. We'd hit the bus and everyone would watch Mr. Show till we passed out. That's a genius show. I think it's like for Bob, I mean, Bob did great on Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. And he's done a lot of other stuff that's awesome, too. But there's a, something about the two of those guys together. Yeah. A very unusual combination. <laughs> and their writing is just so bizarre and weird. But they did a Netflix thing for a while. I don't know. if Are they still doing that? Uh, Do you know? I think, so. I think he's doing those other shows now. I don't think so. Too bad. Anyway, hmm. Dave Cross introduced me to Liz Fair. So well, I am... Um, that's a nice that's a nice touchstone since it was part of my touring life. There you go. I feel very good about that. So you got what do you have now? You have a box set out coming out? A <laughs> compilation? Is that what it is? We, yeah, it is it's kind of hey. like a it's a reissue of my first record, Exile in Guyville, um, with the original girly sound tapes that I made on a four track in God, late eighties, early nineties. Was that when you were living at home? Yeah, that was when I was recalled back from San Francisco, having not gotten a job and run out of money and grifted my way across like the Bay Area. Um, I mean, I had a place. We st- we I was rooming. Everyone from my college class moved out to San Francisco, basically from Oberlin. So oh. I went too. And um, I made these little cassettes that I forwarded to two friends, and one of them got super busy making copies of these cassettes and sent them to every fanzine in America with this like glowing recommendation. And all of a sudden I was getting, I was living at home, um, still didn't have a job. And I would get these envelopes coming to me saying like, please make me a cassette copy. Here's $10. And can you imagine what happened to the $10? Like, <laughs> How awful is that? I truly just like I was like, great, thanks. I thanks wasn't making bucks. like yeah, right. yeah. Like there's about like a hundred people that didn't Damn. get their cassette, but I wasn't making the cassettes. But anyway, that's sort of Taiwan Yu is actually the person who made lots of cassettes and sent them around. So I wow. have him to thank. Did you have a thought that you were going to eventually make it or be a big singer? Or did you, was that even an idea? Not a clue. I hated being in front of people. Like I would not want to – I loved being in the studio. I loved recording. But I didn't – I was super stage frightened. And 
I couldn't think of anything I'd rather do less than get up in front of people and play music or do anything. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. But it was you, hard. But yeah. you obviously have a love of music. I love playing music. I just, I get very self-conscious with a crowd. You got to pull this sucker up to you, otherwise we're not going to... I get very self-conscious in front of a crowd. Still? Not so much anymore. I yeah. do, about two weeks before I hit the stage, I will stop sleeping. And then... Really? Yeah, and I'll two work weeks. myself into this kind of cold sweat when I think about it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'll be like, can I leave the country? And then, <laughs> like, I get on the stage and it all comes back to me and I'm like, I've done this a million times. This is the best job in the world. And wow. it just, it, I can't psych myself into that feeling until I'm actually on stage. Maybe that's just because you care about it so much. Probably. I'm yeah. too alert. We should be smoking those joints that are not we in can. that head. I have some over here. I'm, no? can't even imagine where we'd go with that. We, we do it all the time. <laughs> if you want to do it, let me know. If we're about 10 minutes in and you change your mind. Okay. Anytime. Let if me it know. gets really rough, if it gets really personal, maybe I'll... Like... Yeah, sometimes you have to. You I'm, know? Just, I'm a very awake person. Mm. Well, that's a good thing. That's, that's like... The more sensitive you are, though, the more you have to consider all the possibilities. And that, that, that's what could keep you up. Right. Like dumb or t- people or sleep send like you a down brick. the UFO wormhole, right? Yeah, we talked about that right before the podcast. Yeah, there's this guy that's coming on. His name's Dr. Robert Schock, and he's a geologist from um, Boston University. And he's worked on – there's uh, some real scientists that believe it's entirely possible that the Sphinx – and a lot of the construction in Egypt is far older than they think that I is. I know all about this. Do you know all this? I know okay. all about, Do you know this? about Robert the rain Schock? runoff and yes, how much yes. erosion has occurred yes. around the base or around the pit. That the mm-hmm. And it absolutely couldn't have been done, depending on like the way the Sphinx is built, where it's located, the siting, yeah. where its level is, is far older. So Yes, they think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 9,000 plus BC because that's the le- – when – Back then, the Nile Valley was a rainforest, and somehow or another became a desert. And um, this guy's, you know, legit Boston University professor, geologist, and he's traveling all over the place. But he's here for some UFO conference, and the UFO people wanted to him to mention the UFO conference. And I'm like, fucking Christ with UFO conferences. <laughs> you guys don't have anything. If you had something, it would be. What are you going to get together in a, a fucking Marriott somewhere and show show some blurry picture of some fucking hubcap that someone chucked up into the air? Like, there's nothing. Everything that everything that they look at falls apart under scrutiny. There's okay. like a few videos. Okay, I'm going to push back on. Please this. do. Please do. Let's just say, what about? Do you know the Discovery Disclosure? Yes, Disclosure, Disclosure Project. Yes. Okay, there was their first press conference when they got all the. I'm I'm I tend to be impressed by the military. Mm-hmm. You know, ranking members. I'm sort of like, ah. Oh. If you were if you were guarding missile silos and you say you saw something hover above it and deactivate, mm-hmm. you know, I'm probably going to check that out a little harder. And there were just so many people that stood up, you know, in that press conference and said that they absolutely had seen evidence, met extraterrestrials, seen the crafts, like in hangars, etc. Yep. And to me. Like I, they didn't look like they had that much imagination. They're the kind of people that I didn't think could really. I mean, did you find that convincing at all? No. Here's why. No. No. Because <laughs> the just guy like who a did whole the, bunch of liars, a whole line that's of liars. Stephen Greer, right? The disclosure project. It's is not Stephen so much Greer's about thing. him. Yeah. He doesn't appeal to me as much as the people that he brought on, who were mostly military. Yeah. Guys, Here's the thing about military. Anybody 
who's in the military is a person. If you get a hundred people together, one of them's out of their fucking mind. <laughs> if you get a million people, you've got a shit ton of people that are out of their fucking mind that are running around that want extra attention. One of the best ways to say you, you, one of the best ways to get extra attention is to say you've had some extraordinary experience that separates you from the pack. It's yeah. one of the main points of delusion that people that are really out of their fucking mind will want to point to. I see things in people. I can read auras. I can tell. I'm a psychic healer. I'm an intuitive person. They all have this thing that separates them from the herd without any work whatsoever. I feel like a lot of these people are that. They want attention. And so they tell these extraordinary stories. Now, when you said they're not creative, that's a very astute point because they all have the same fucking story. Because it's the same story that's been going on forever. They just repeat shit they've already heard. Most of these people, I think, are full of shit. I think it is entirely possible that UFOs have been here. Entirely possible that people have seen UFOs. Entirely possible. But a lot of those people, my fucking bullshit radar just goes off. Bing, 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 really? bing, bing. Yeah. I, I've talked to too many of them. When I did that television show, Joe Rogan questions everything, and I met with UFO people and Bigfoot people. I was telling you before the podcast, it cured me because I got to be around those people for hours and just talk to them with no cameras on. I'm like, oh, you're fucking crazy, or you're delusional, or your way of looking at things is not objective, or you're talking to me because you want to convince me of something. You're not just communicating the ideas that are actually in your head. You're pitching me some sort of a speech. You're like, you've got some sort of a performance you're doing for me. Oh, and I okay. smell it. And as a performer, I smell it. I'm like, this is nonsense. You're telling me nonsense. You know, they were telling, well, well you, you want evidence? I'll back a truck up and show you the evidence. I'm like, where's your fucking evidence? You don't <laughs> you have any evidence. You brought it today. I mean, like, this, yeah, well, exactly. here's the thing. Did they seem as off kilter in everything else they talked about? Yes. Okay, yes. so they everything. did. That relationships, would be convincing. Relationships, yeah. jobs, they're all screwballs. They're almost all screwballs. The people that are most convincing are the people that see these orbs flying around. The pilots. Yeah. Well, the reason why they see these things is there's a real phenomenon called ball lightning. It's absolutely real and it's caused by various weather conditions and they think that it can even be caused sometimes by the right weather conditions and the shifting of tectonic plates that somehow or another the yes. friction yes and that these ball, ball lightning if you've ever seen videos of it it's phenomenal it just flies around they've even had it inside airplanes somehow or another ball lightning has shot down the aisle of an airplane while it was in flight i've actually seen it have you really i've actually seen Where have you ball seen it? lightning on a flight that was struck by lightning whoa it was pink and it whoa. sounded like a giant BB gun hit a tin can. Oh, yeah. Oh, you were in a plane that was hit by lightning? Yes. Holy <laughs> shit. That's intense. It was very intense. I was coming off of tour, and I wanted to get back to my very young son. I told him I'd be there in the morning when he woke up. So I ended like up going on this odyssey, like planes, trains, and automobiles, you know, trying to get to my right. son. <laughs> like I was like, I will be there in the morning. And it was terrible weather. It was just like the worst on the East Coast. And we kept taking, I think twice we took off and had to land before we could get to our destination and get in the plane and go off again. And me being a crazy mom, I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to get there. Um, so I get in this plane, and it's very bad. We're flying right through a thunderstorm. But I've, I've flown so many times. I've, I, my parents took me a million places. We traveled a lot when I was young. So I've just been flying forever. And <laughs> we were on this plane, and <laughs> the lightning's going off and thunder, and we're rattling around. And it's not a very big plane. And my seatmate, I think, 
I didn't know who he was, but he seemed like a decent, nice young man. And like the lightning just hit the plane. You get this big tang of the, you know, the shock of the electricity just hitting it. We drop about, I don't know what, I don't know what makes a big stomach drop, but we drop far. It's like 25 feet. I don't know, just like bam. And this pink ball of electricity just goes like whoosh down the aisle in the center of the aisle. He pukes. I grab him. (laughs) And I did not let go of the stranger who just puked like until we were, you know, like I just, it took about, you know, 10 minutes and then I was like, (laughs) Uh, but that was intense. And I made it. I was there in the morning when my son woke up. Well, that's not, that's awesome. Yeah, but it was incredible. The pinkness of it is still really vivid to my mind. And the ball lightning, it was a a sphere that just came whooshing down the aisle. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real thing. Lots of crazy plane almost crash stories. Yeah? What else? Uh, There was a time that the engine was on fire and I could see it. That sucked. (gasps) You could see it on fire? Yeah. Yeah. Where were you? Please don't say over the ocean. Yeah. But not far. We were just off outside of Boston. We took off nighttime again after a show trying to get home to my kid. I mean, this is like the saddest mom story ever, like <laughs> trying to get home to my kid. Um, and it was night and I was looking at the lights, the sort of, I forget what they call it, those orange lights, you know, the, and it was over the bay. I could see the water and we just weren't rising quickly enough. You know, just, I was like, why? Why aren't we gaining altitude? What's going on? It just doesn't seem right. And someone on my left, I was in the last row, and someone on my left said something like, the engine's on fire, whatever, right as the captain comes on and says, ladies and gentlemen, we have a problem with one of the engines. We are going to have to make an emergency landing. Please remain in your seat. Da-da-da. And I look over, and you can literally see flames shooting out of the... Like it, because the the engine was about ten rows ahead of me, but the sparks were visible behind. You know, because you're. Do you understand like the physics? Yeah. Yeah. So like it's a long trail of sparks coming out of that thing, and so we get to the point where we're going to make our like landing, and. To see the flight attendants scared shitless was not a fun experience. I think that frightened me the most, like seeing their faces. And we had to get into the crouch position, you know, that position, the brace yourself position. And the captain came on. I think the last thing he said, which was not reassuring, was please brace for a very rough landing. And I'm, I'm thinking if you're crashing, it doesn't you can't say anything more than that. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, like, that's it. Please prepare for a very rough landing. And what happened? I know I'm, like, monologuing. No, 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 no. But, like, what happened to my body at that moment was I went into, this only happened twice in my life, full uh, tremors, like, full body. Do you know, have you ever had that? It's different than, like, nervous shaking or cold shaking. It's, like, full. And your body's just, like, completely vibrating, like, at another frequency. And I realized for the first time in my life that I didn't care if I was dead, like, in two seconds and I felt nothing. It really upset me that my body, my soft, squishy body, was going to be, like, pinned into metal. Wow. It bugged me. Like, I really thought, like, we're never doing this again. Like, this, it just became very, very real that my, that I cared about this arm and I cared about this leg and I didn't want, like, 
it to be completely mangled and like stuck in metal. And we hit the, we got the ground. It was a very rough landing. And <laughs> there were fire trucks going like 110 miles an hour on either side of us, spraying us with the deaccelerant or whatever that yeah. is. And <laughs> suddenly like foam on the windows. And are you ready for this? So it was not a fun thing, but we survived and no one was harmed. And then we had to get back on another plane because I had to go home to see my kids. So we literally sat there and waited and got right back on another plane. Wow. And flew home. Well, you probably like, what are the odds? No, I just, I wanted to see my kid. Right. But like, that was an intense. I mean, that thing, you don't ever get to experience that unless you're like a combat person. Like, even if you're not conscious, I don't want this like all screwed up. I don't want to be like mangled. Yeah. No one does. And the reality of it was like right there. Right there. And I, I don't feel it anymore. I'm just as stupid and reckless as I ever was. But like in that <laughs> moment, it was very real to me. You know, like. Yeah. <gasps> Fuck. I haven't had anything like that. That's intense. That I don't know what's more intense. Getting the hit by lightning or the fire. They're both pretty fucked what up. What about the Cessna that lost power over the Bermuda Triangle? Is that good? You know what that is? They think they think it's nitrogen escaping from the sea floor. They think there's trapped nitrogen in massive amounts, you know, because there's a lot of like dead uh, things and decaying things like vegetation and things like that. And they trap nitrogen pockets. And those nitrogen pockets, when they lift up, they can go through the surface of the water and up into the air. And if a plane is flying into that, it's methane. Is it methane? Wait methane. a minute. Am I saying it wrong? Yeah, because nitrogen is everywhere. Most of the air, yeah. It's like 84% of the air. But I think there's something about it being a giant pocket that you fly through. I might be wrong. You're talking about the gas that right? bubbles is that escape nitrogen? in the tectonic It's things, methane, yeah. And it can like make a ship go down because yes. suddenly there's no density. Right, there's no buoyancy for the ships and also for planes. It makes it could be, Yeah, okay. This, this is, is awesome. Gas explosions explaining Bermuda Google? Triangle. Yeah, we can Google. Oh, my God. This is how we roll it. I'm never leaving. <laughs> Come stay. You can come anytime you want. This is incredible. We can come and just talk about UFOs every week. Oh, my God. This is incredible. Explosions of trapped methane gas are thought to account for the mysterious craters in Siberia, including this one. Yeah, and so they think that it has to do something with the Bermuda Triangle as well. So when biological tissue creates methane and um, when they have, like, massive amounts of die-off, whether it's fish or whether it's plants or things like that, they think that some of that stuff gets trapped in the bottom of the seafloor and then escapes, goes up to the surface, makes boats sink, and even can bring down planes. But how would it make a plane Because it, lose if a plane fly... Oh, I don't know. It really lost electricity. Would you hear that? You hear a plane lost electricity and that's no, why it's thought it. Oh, you we were in it. We had to start it again. Oh, that could have just been a shitty plane. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was, that, that sounds it's like... It's a Bermuda Triangle. I'm sure the pilot absolutely told us that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he's like, ah, oh, it gets the, the, the stuff gets a little fritzy up here over the Bermuda Triangle. We're buying it. It's just a shitty plane Probably that he didn't like plane. service. Or, you know, oh maybe I'm naive. Oh, my God, Joe, you just like, killed my story. <laughs> I might be naive. I've been it might believing be that, like, this whole time. No, it's just it a could shitty be. plane. Could be. Sh- those, those planes Nothing. are shitty. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they think. That's the most prevalent theory. I would think you'd die if that bubble hit you just from poison. A lot of it, right? Yeah, maybe. I Have mean, you ever seen those underwater lakes of methane? Yeah, That's it's creepy. beautiful, right? It's like yeah. water underwater. Right, yeah. I love that. Yeah. No, it's, the, the ocean is amazing. It's pretty bizarre that it's just right there, that it's essentially an alien world. Like I've always said, like, 
the ocean is really like space. Like space is like above us all the time, but the ocean is kind of just like space. But it's right there. You can go in it. That's a whole nother world. It's like a whole nother world that's on our earth, but we're just so used to it. It's like, oh yeah, let's go surfing. Hey, let's get in a boat. <laughs> You're like floating around in some fucking alien world that's right there. It's filled with life. All sorts of life that actually breathes water. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's that bizarre. we came from. Yeah. Well, I was talking about it with my fr- Oh, is that the lakes of methane underwater? That's nuts. I think so. God Isn't that cool? damn, that Look is crazy. They're like, I'm going to go by the lake. I just took a run around the shore. That doesn't even look real. It's like they're going around Silver Lake. That's, that eel is just like <laughs> cruising around Silver Lake. But it's a methane lake. What was that movie? Silver Lake is probably a methane lake too. But It's in, in other ways. <laughs> in yeah. other ways. What was that movie where there was aliens underwater? The Abyss? Oh, yeah, yeah, was yeah. Was that it? She has to drown to survive. And he has to re- resuscitate her. Yeah. Beautiful. Right. And they were like aliens would assume the shape of water. What's it called? Aliens in the Deep. Hmm. I think it's probably the Abyss, though. It I think it's the, the Abyss. abyss. Yeah. And they were sort of pink, too. They were the same color as my ball lightning. Dude. Remember that pink? Dude. From the- yeah. The only guy that I ever talked to when I was talking to those UFO people that I believed about UFOs was a guy who was at Skinwalker Ranch. That whole area out there has a shitload of UFO sightings. What's Skinwalker Ranch? <clears throat> it's some place that this guy, Robert Bigelow, owns. And he's a – what makes it compelling is he actually is an aerospace investor. And he's got a, a company that makes all these parts and shit for different spaceships and different pods and things. To Why? For, why does he do them? I mean, it's yeah. his business. But he also owns this gigantic ranch in Utah. And we went out to visit him, visit the ranch, and visit some of the people around there. That had, And one guy that we talked to that lived around there was just regular dude. I think he worked in a factory, just a regular guy. Not crazy. But super normal. Like, talked to him. Not a bullshit artist at all. And he's telling me about this glowing orb that came through the walls of his house and, and floated around inside of his living room and kitchen and then took off through the wall. And I said, oh, like the way he described it, I absolutely believe that he was telling me the truth. And I think that was ball lightning. I think they have it a lot in that area. And so I think whatever the atmospheric conditions in that area, it's, it's a frequent occurrence. And because of that, a lot of these people see things and then they start talking and then people start looking for them and then they start talking crazy. And then people start talking about like they were talking about a bulletproof wolf that appeared out of mist and like for real. That was like you've got that out front. Oh, the that's werewolf? your greeter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the bulletproof. Wolf. Yeah, but this this guy was the only guy that made sense, and I think he saw ball lightning just like you did. But how could it be on the ground like that? Mm, it could just happen, you know, if there's a storm conditions. But it does. It, it occurs not just up in the sky. It occurs at low altitude as well. Yeah, they say ball. They don't know why. Apparently, I talked to a scientist about this. He was telling me that lightning shouldn't be possible. Like, there shouldn't be enough power to create lightning. Because, like, if you do the calculations, he's like, but clearly we know it's true. So what do we do about that? We don't really know. We don't know enough about lightning. So when you describe ball lightning, he's like, well, good fucking luck. Who knows? Who, what are the atmospheric We don't know enough about it. Yeah, we don't know what the conditions are. Like, what causes What does it? that mean there's not enough energy for lightning? They can't, you can't marshal that much electricity in the atmosphere? I'm too stupid to repeat what he said and have it make any sense. But when he was describing it to me, the way he was explaining it, and I think I read it as well. He was, ex- he was explaining, and what I read was that they don't really understand how that much energy is produced in the sky like that. 
and that if you calculated like what it would take to produce a that that shouldn't be possible. Again, I'm a moron. So talk no, about that. No, I wish the, really, the expert were here because I wish he was like here that's too. fascinating. Yeah. So he what this guy was described was talking about ball lightning. They were saying they don't know how to recreate ball lightning. They they have no idea what causes it, but they're sure it's a real thing. Wait, we can't re- recreate ball lightning in, no. in a lab environment? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. That's crazy. Yeah. But I don't think they can recreate You know, you're lightning. right, because we can't generate that amount of power. Yeah. We literally can't generate, I mean, maybe with a bomb, but we can't generate that. Can I don't we? know. I have no idea. I think we can't. But I think that's what a lot of people are seeing. I think these people that see things, and then also the human imagination is so fantastic. Your memory's all fucked up. Memory's terrible. You know, so you see something, and then you decide it's something different, yes. and then you see it. I talked to another lady who told me she saw Bigfoot, and she wasn't a bull- <laughs> She didn't seem like a bullshit artist. She seemed like she was being 100% honest. She didn't seem like she needed a ton of attention. She didn't seem crazy, and I think she saw a bear. I just think she saw a uh-huh. bear way in the distance, and she saw it very briefly because it was the Pacific Northwest, and trees are very dense. I think she saw a big – it might even have been on two legs because bears do do that they all do the time. Do that. And I think she saw that, and in her mind, she saw a gorilla. It was, why am I looking at a gorilla? And then she had the story that just got concocted in her head, and she saw Sasquatch. That happens. I mean, I, I, I'm convinced of certain things, and then I find out I'm completely wrong. Like you ghosts? know, it does happen. You believe in ghosts? I told you to, you better back off the ghosts. You believe in ghosts? Um, I used to believe a great deal. I still pretty much believe. Pretty much. I think basically this is my entire philosophy on all weirdnesses. Okay. If you look back 500 years to what they knew scientifically then, it's superstitious, it's magic, it's ridiculous, it's ignorant, et cetera, et cetera. I believe that that's exactly what we are now to 500 years in the future. So I don't consider it paranormal. I consider it future science. Ghosts are future science. Ghosts are future science. Aliens are future science. It's all future science and I'm down for that. Mm. I'm ready to party with the future science. I'm, I'm ready for that. I accept that. Um, my problem is the people that tell ghost stories or those fucking ghost shows. <laughs> those are so bad. They're so faked. They make me They're angry. so painfully faked. <laughs> I really believed it for a while. Like, I really absolutely bought into it, hook, line, and sinker. Oh, and yeah. I was, like, there watching the little... They're the, there's all different kinds of ghosts, like the ones that look like um, Ewoks. or Not Ewoks. Which are the ones that are the jet? The first movie, Star Wars, and they like wore their little robes, and they were busy. They were like, "Oh, you know, the first ones." Right. That lo- they're like, "What ah, were those we're things?" Selling ro- robots. Yeah. I don't know. They didn't really have faces. They just had like cloaks. There were the the robot sellers. Well, yeah. apparently there are yeah. ghosts that are little cloak creatures, uh, and they scare the crap out of me. The cloak ones do. They move fast, and I don't understand <laughs> what they're doing here. Like. <laughs> But I mean, you can but explain you demons. Them? You can explain demons if you think about like dog ghosts or wolf ghosts or mm. lion ghosts. That's a demon. Could be. They growl. They have like weird eyes. They're hostile. They scratch you. Mm. Animal. So you you have a real belief in ghosts. It's kind real. Kind of. Kind yeah. of. Like not a hundred percent, but but you you have an open I mind. I bump into them sometimes. For I real. Think. And I don't see them, but I feel them and hear them, and the, like 
I know. Go ahead. Look, the little, the little <laughs> smile, that little smile. That's why I don't. Uh, we're talking about it because we're on the weirdness podcast, but like, <laughs> I don't talk about it because it just doesn't get a good response. Well, I'm trying to be open-minded. <laughs> so when you, bu- I believe you. You don't seem like a liar by any stretch of the imagination. But but I have a huge imagination. I'm so sure you do. I could. You're, very you're a very creative person. Tricking myself into something. What do you feel? Like, what happens? Um, I just bump into them. Like they just. If you walk into a room, I mean, it happens maybe once a year. Yeah. And you walk into a room or you walk somewhere or something's going on and you just feel it. And it's very, very strong. And you, I just, I talk to them. I just say like, it, mostly hotel rooms, let's just say. If I'm in a hotel room on tour and I, I'll either move if I don't like it or I'll just say alone in that room I'll be like hi I'm playing a show <laughs> at like so so I'm only here for two days but I really need to get some sleep um, you can come to the sh- I tell them they can come to the show if they want oh that's hilarious I'm like this is what I do for a living and I try to like hear and think what they do for a living I would be psyched if I was a ghost and I found you I'm like this chick's cool she's gonna invite <laughs> us to a show I don't even want to scare her let her sleep man let her sleep <laughs> fuck that I got the pots and pans ready <laughs> right. I'm ready to make a racket let's wake this chick up <laughs> Nah, man, let her sleep. She's cool. Let's go to the show. You want I to put them on my guest list. That's <laughs> like, nice. You've got a plus one. That's nice. You don't have to reserve a seat for them. They could be everywhere. <laughs> but do, obviously, mm-hmm. you have an active imagination. And do you think that maybe you're mind fucking yourself at the time? Like when you're saying, when you're talking out loud, are you doing it because it's comforting? Because you enjoy it? Probably. But, but if you asked me on a lie detector test, whether I think I really encountered something, I'd say yes. Whoa. For sure. I mean, there's been enough experiences in my life that it just seems like just part of future science. Mm. There's a guy named Rupert Sheldrick. He's a scientist, and he believes that things have memory. He thinks that everything has memory. He thinks that's why people don't want to live in haunted houses, you know, don't want to live in a house where someone died. He thinks that objects have memory. I agree that, with that. <clears throat> they can't express it, but that they have it. I agree with that. It might be. Well, like we haven't. I think it's less the object retaining it. I mean, it must be retaining something. I think it's more our psychic ability to perceive the, the past. Yeah. That's what I think. I think it's more like you see the chair and then you can psychically feel what happened in that chair. I'm not really sure how to... Like, you're not seeing the chair imbued with some aura. You're actually looking into the past. Yeah. That's what I think. Because I've had dreams that were, like, prefiguring. Prefiguring. I I think you can dream. If something's impactful enough, I think you can dream. Okay, let's say something really bad happens to you. Imagine something horrible. Okay. I don't know. The studio explodes. Okay. A couple months maybe before then you might have a dream or let's just say something goes really really wrong or bad nothing traumatic you might be able to have a dream ahead of time that would be how you would synthesize that traumatic experience just as if it had happened before and you were dreaming after the fact Mm -hmm. before you've had that happen i have what'd you have it happen with um I'm saving that for my book. Really? <laughs> Is wow. it okay? Yeah, it's okay. But it was a very powerful. Will you tell me very, after the show's over? Yeah, absolutely. I won't tell any of you. Fuck off. Absolutely. absolutely. Okay, good. But it was very convincing to me. And really? hard to explain any other way. Have you ever had any other sort of psychic premonition? 
Yes. Really? Yes. What? Do you remember the last big fire we had in L.A. when it was, like, encroaching? Really and, recently? Yeah. That one? Um, the night before that fire, I was out walking with my son. Again, my son. He's, like, all over this podcast. I don't know why, because he barely speaks to me at the moment. He's like, yeah, yeah, fine, good. <coughs> Talk to you later. Um, and I just felt incredibly uneasy. And he suffered from asthma when he was young and really badly. So when it would be, when there was a lot of particulate matter in the air or it was just bad air conditions, I would tend to be very worried about him and keep him home or, you know, inform the teachers or whatever it was. Just he'd get really bad asthma attacks. And so I have a predisposition to be on the alert. But this is the night before. No fire had started yet. And I just was very anxious, very anxious, and I couldn't settle down. And I couldn't think for months. I hadn't been like that. I mean, and I said to him, I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I feel kind of unsafe. If something happens tomorrow, you have to, like, you have to be my witness that I sense something was coming. Now, you probably think I'm this horrible mother. I never do this. It happens, like, I, I think I've, like, said that to him twice in our entire life. And I forgot about it. The next day, I forgot about it. I didn't think about it at all until, you know, we were sucked in, in this sort of brown muck as we are. And, like, the sun became the eye of Sauron. And, ever, you know, everyone's, like, freaking out. And we're looking at all these images. And I was so distracted by all these images that I completely forgot my sense the night before. And what I think that was, until I remembered it, then I called up and I'm like, ah! And... I think it's more like I don't know something's coming, but I have maybe time, maybe the envelope of time is a little bit more mushy than we think. Mm. Maybe we perceive time as very orderly and very linear, but maybe it's really not. And it could be pushing back like the experience. Maybe I Mm. had the experience before I perceived the experience or I don't know what that is, but that happens to me a lot. I've heard people describe... Nobody likes hearing about it, by the way. I never talk about this stuff in my real life because nobody likes it. What do you mean? It makes people uncomfortable and they look at you funny. So I just never talk about it except for on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Why would it make them uncomfortable? It just does. I'm fascinated by that because I don't experience it. I've I've never had a premonition that came true. But I do have a, a really good ability to know if someone's crazy. I'm really good at that. Apparently, I'm not. No, you're not crazy. No, I mean, I don't know if someone's crazy. You don't? You've known a lot <laughs> a of crazy really big people? Blind spot there. <laughs> you know, like. That's weird. You can pick out fires in the distance, <laughs> right. but you can't pick out nuts. Yeah, not, yeah. So, not so much. I don't have any psychic ability, though. I'm just, I think How do I'm you just, know, though? Mm, I don't. If you can tell if someone's crazy or not, you might have some. I mean, you might have some perception. That's I more. think. It's pattern recognition and data chunking. I've, seen, I've met so many people that when I see things that are off, little things that are off, and you probe, like you're talking, little things are off more, and you're like, you see, you're looking into the eyes, you see calculations, you're like, okay, something's going on here. This is not a, mm. this is not a normal person. This is mm-hmm. a person putting on a normal mask. Like there's something off here. It just smells, smells fishy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just think it's that. I just do you think ever I, have them as guests? I mean, are they ever oh, yeah. sitting across from you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Being batshit crazy? What do you do? <clears throat> I've had people on when I was sure they were pilled up 
for sure. I'm like talking to them. I'm like, this motherfucker's Adderall to the gills. Like, they what do just they have look a, like when they're Adderall? They just have a way of talking. There's just something about the way they talk. <laughs> they're not really. Liz Fair, it's not, it's, it's not what it's about. It's not about me. It's about the future. It's about children. It's about the society. What I'm trying to do is be an entrepreneur. I want to build businesses. I want to. They just start. They just, Info Wars. No, no. Alex Jones, we got him high and drunk. And he was talking about interdimensional. Here on the show, yes, live on the yes. show, is that what goes down here? Yeah. Am I like, oh, look at this! I am in a den of inequity. Look yeah. at this. We've got some like, that's some something. That's what weed. is that? Do you want some? We can find. No, God, I don't, don't know what will come out of my mouth. Good stuff. Don't be scared. Huh? Like, but those are like Snoop Dogg type things, right? Those are like, what do they call them? They're joints. They're backwoods. Oh. No, they just have uh, brown paper. You don't have to have any. Oh my God, we're literally getting high yeah, right yeah. here. Yeah. Jamie does. We do it all the time. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, it's a podcast. You can do anything. It's illegal. I'll take a tiny hit. Take a tiny hit. There we go. This That's what crazy. I'm talking about. It's definitely not crazy. It's marijuana. It's legal. It's good for you. It's a staple of civilization. Yes, but what <clears throat> will happen? Nothing. I don't know. You'll say cool shit. Does it have cigarette stuff in it? No. That's a cigar leaf, though. No, no, it's not. Just brown paper. No? Good? I'm going to try this. I'll okay. settle. Settle. You good? I'll settle and see what goes Jamie's down. Jamie's going deep. <clears throat> yeah, we smoke pot. It's okay. I smoke pot. I'm, I'm sure you do. You just did. I just did. There's proof. There's evidence. <laughs> people are worried. I mean, if we had a casual drink, you know, if we had set a, a glass of whiskey or something, no one would care. But marijuana, you're like, oh my god. It what is weird. Doing? It's like now it's okay. Like now it's fine. Finally, finally, it's okay. Yeah, finally. I agree. Thirty years of watching people drink really sucked. Yeah. I was never much into alcohol. No? I prefer marijuana, yes. Well, you're a sensitive person. It makes you more sensitive. Marijuana does? Sure. Really? Yeah, I think so, for sure. It makes you more aware, more um, considerate, thinking about more possibilities. I mean, that's what people call paranoia. Really, it's like a lot of times people live with blinders on. And marijuana just comes along and goes, hey, let's just <laughs> take those over. And... Uh, Puts a spotlight and like, look at the back of your brain. Oh, look at this shit you're hiding. <laughs> That's exactly right. It is. It's like shining a flashlight into yeah. your unconscious. Like, doo -doo -doo, what's yeah. back there? Oh, in my look, closet? you've been you've been hiding this. Bring it <laughs> That's out. So cool. Let's get a look at it. Let's talk to it. That wow. is what the paranoia is. I agree yeah. with that. It's like people suddenly are uh, like uh, self-conscious. They yes. see themselves in a new way, and they're like, mm -hmm. I can't handle this. Yeah. That's like forty years of denial. Denial. Yeah, and. And all these different mechanisms that you've kind of like psychological mechanisms that you've utilized to try to hide these thoughts from yourself or try to skip past them really quickly. Oh, I've got that under control and skip past <laughs> it and move on to some new thing. It's a, it's a common thing. People love to do it. Oh, that's crazy. So, I do. I feel, I feel like mellow. Yeah, it's good. I like that. It's good that stuff. That knocked my energy down just a nice, <clears throat> nice amount. Puts you in a That's kind of what place. I need, like about 10% energy knockdown. Right. Maybe 15%. Yeah, like a half a hit. That's what you need. Like just a little... <sighs> just where you're like, okay. Yeah. Fine. Pause. Beat. Pause. Everything's fine. Beat. Fine. I like that salt lamp. That's the biggest <clears throat> one I've ever seen. It's the biggest one I could find. <laughs> but it's, um, it's too big. They don't look as cool as the small ones because the small ones, there's not as much salt, so the light comes oh, through more. Yeah. It's one of those things. It looks cool on paper, and then you get it, and you're like, oh, I don't think it's cool. You got the awesome skull there of the longhorn. That is actually an Asian water buffalo. Is it? My friend Adam Greentree shot in Australia. That's really cool. 
Yeah, he brought it from Australia for me when he was a guest on the podcast. How did he fly that? He just put it in the carry-on. No. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine? Wait, and it wasn't even boiled down yet. It, no, it was, was just down. the head. You know what I mean? Like, just like, like, blood and flies. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like. <laughs> Putting it overhead, Mike. No, he, uh, he checked It'll it. fit. It'll fit. I don't know if he wrapped it up. He must have because he wouldn't want the bones to crack or break, get knocked around. But he, he wrapped it up. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah, he's a wild man bow hunter. And he, he goes up to the northern area of Australia. Australia, all the animals, essentially the large mammals, are all invasive species. So they have to hunt them because they don't have predators. Uh-huh. So he goes up there and shoots water buffalo with a bow and arrow. That's cool. Brought one That's back for me. That's extremely I, – I respect that as opposed to other types of hunting. I mm. really respect the idea of like mano y mano right. going out there and being like – What don't you respect like – just don't go trophy kill hunting. the big yeah trophy hunting can yeah. fuck off yeah. entirely it's a weird thing it's weird that it's it's almost like people hunted entirely for food and then they got enough food and they go well, I want to shoot that thing too you know it's like they got into shooting things and it became a thing of not just shooting stuff for food but shooting stuff even if you can't justify it like there's certain animals like um there's certain hunts that they put on where they, they kind of have to control populations of these things, like grizzly mm-hmm. bears and stuff like that, when they start encroaching. Mm-hmm. Even wolves, or certain populations of wolves they have to control in the, in the Northwest. But you get to, like, elephants and tigers and lions, and, like, what are you doing? Why what are, you are they that? doing? Are You're you a doing? man. Explain that to me. What well, is, what is, what, why does that make you feel important since you had a gun, mm. I mean, a gun, you stand back, mm-hmm. you, you, you sit in the bushes for, I don't know, eight, 12 hours, and then you pull a trigger. So it doesn't even necessarily make them feel important. It's just because they can do it, and it's, it's exciting. Like, have you ever shot a rifle? Yeah. Yeah, when well, you go to a rifle range, it's exciting. It's fun to just shoot paper, put paper targets out there and shoot them. It's fun. Yeah. It feels good. There's something about, like, aiming, boom, and hitting where you want it to go. It's exciting. Yeah. And so... Once, then there was a real problem is in Africa, it becomes incredibly profitable for the people that live there. And then those animals are thriving because they protect them and have hunters come in and pay shitloads of money to hunt them. So their numbers are really healthy, which is really crazy. Because like for the longest time, most of the animals in Africa that are hunted now in, in plentiful numbers were on the verge of extinction. And well, then I think started, a lot of them still are. I mean, maybe not extinction, but I don't think that they have an abundance of the big five over there anymore. Depends on, yeah, well, it depends on where you are. But Africa, obviously, is fucking huge. Have you ever seen what it looks like when you took America inside of Africa? <laughs> yes, it like, sits like, over in the Sahara. <laughs> it's, like it's like it just sits in the Sahara. This tiny little <laughs> bitch-ass country we have. But in Africa, there's many animals that were 20 years ago on the verge of extinction that are thriving, and it's because of hunting. So but, some of it makes sense. thriving in a tiny little zone. I mean, they're not thriving worldwide. It's just the overall worldwide. numbers. They're overall numbers. You, there's the other problem that I have with people calling the, the, a lot of the people that hunt over there poachers. They call it like poachers, the poachers poaching me. That's just people who are poor. That's all it is. It's just like incredibly poor people that are trapping these animals. And some of them, like if they're shooting rhinos and stuff like that, they're no, they're not doing it because they're evil. They're doing it because they're fucking desperate. I mean, they and have, those are that is their game. Yeah. I mean, it, it belongs to them. It's their country. It's their game. If you believe people own animals, yeah. But, but I think 
as, as everything, like depending on your perspective, how much of just like we were talking about when you get high and mm-hmm. suddenly like your territory right. expands of what your awareness is, same difference. Like this is their country. This is their – these are their native population of animals. Right. So it's theirs. Mm-hmm. But like taking in a broader scope, that should be utterly protected and expanding territory rather than like a little theme park for rich Westerners to come in and shoot shit. Yeah, it's weird. Have you ever seen the? Do you know who Louis Theroux is? Sounds He's a familiar. documentarian from the UK. He's got a great special that he did where he went over to one of those wild game parks and stayed with these weirdos, uh, and these uh, rich American people that go over there and shoot shit. And he was over there for like weeks, and finally just drove the guy crazy. So the guy was just like breaking it down to him what's really going on. He was basically just saying. In this crazy accent, Africa is fucked. This is what you have to understand. Africa is fucked. This African guy is explaining it to him. Like, this is the only way these things are going to survive. If you think that you're going to remove these fences and remove the profit, these people are going to come in and slaughter these things. And they're not going to think at all about the future. They're not going to think at all about preserving the populations or them going extinct. They don't think about it at all. They're just going to wipe them out. Just like they're doing with rhino horn. They know rhinos are worth thousands and thousands of dollars a horn, so they just shoot those fucking things. They don't care. They don't, their children are starving. If they find out that they could sell this rhino horn and get X amount of $100 or whatever they give them for it, they just shoot it. Like that's, their, their concern is not for rhinos. Their concern is for their family. or They're, they're in extreme poverty. Yeah. I mean, the, the poverty that they have over there is spooky. You know? And in mass, mass, I have a buddy of mine who makes wells for the pygmies in the Congos. In the Congo, and he goes over there all the time. And uh, he's actually a fighter. He's a, he fights for Bellator. He's one of their top heavyweights. And he spends like three to six months a year in the Congo. Guy caught malaria three times. He's an animal. His name's <laughs> Justin Wren. He's, he's a beast. <laughs> wow. Such a Such a sweet, amazing person. But he goes over there, and he says, you, you can't believe the kind of poverty. He sleeps in a grass, hat, uh, grass house when he's there, just like they do with these, you know, they sleep on the they have you know no floors this is him over there that's him with the people i mean he's a just well, that's a cool what are the super, leaves that they put on the roof what i don't know that? just leaves from some local plants that they use to make their houses but he you know when he tells you what it's like over there and the extreme poverty and most of these people were dying because of waterborne diseases uh-huh so he created this charity called Fight for the Forgotten, and he goes over there, and they build wells, and they've built a ton of wells. We actually contribute to it, and we um, there's one of our sponsors, uh, the Cash App. They Every time you sign up for it, they give $5 to these people. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, f- clean water is the most essential. I mean, yeah. What a brilliant... Well, there's a company called Water4, water4.org, water and the number four. Those people are also uh, connected with him, and they just do this everywhere. They do this all over, you know, impoverished countries. Go there and just dig wells. You could change the whole thing because all these people, they have distended bellies because they're filled with parasites, and they have all these waterborne diseases, and they're just dying. The girls don't go to school because they spend all day walking to the water source. Well, nobody goes to school. The the pygmies, like, it's, they're incredibly uneducated. I mean, and then unrepresented and not, not respected or appreciated and discriminated against. And, you know, this is why this guy who's just, just big hulk of a man says, this is what I'm going to concentrate on. These, these small forgotten people. It's really pretty amazing. 
That must be so rewarding just to see the difference he's making. Yeah, I always feel like such a loser whenever I hang around with him. <laughs> like, I'm worried about what I'm going to eat for lunch. He's flying <laughs> to the fucking Congo to catch malaria for the fourth time. Fourth time. Yeah. God. He's had it three times. That's crazy. That's fucking nuts. That shit kills people. <laughs> Doesn't he just get the shots? What's the deal? Well, you can't, you can't really totally stop it. You the can't. problem is when you get it once, it stays in your system. He's gotten it again it's when he got a cold. Like herpes. Like he got it again when he got a cold. Is that true? Malaria stays in your yeah. cells forever? According to him. Yeah, he got it when he wasn't even over there. God. Yeah. And um, I think... You're changing my idea about my Nile trip that I want to take. My bucket oh. list Nile trip. I want to get one of those big houseboat too. things. with like. Have you ever seen them? They're like double-deckers. And then they have the top thing. And it's just like a bunch of sort of like game zones like it's just like you know cool lounge chairs with like covering it's all very open air it just feels like you'd be having cocktails up there at sunset walking around talking to all your family and friends mm, you do it list. like one of those european and you know explorers. what i do here's what else i do i'd make sure i had like a security boat behind me ah for the kidnappers and shit I just, i'd have my little security boat mm. that was like a really zippy fast one you know yeah. just that case. would be good you would definitely need that for sure yeah, fuck that place, though. <laughs> <laughs> Crocodiles alone. <clears throat> I have a friend who went over there. Um, he has a, a show called uh, Uncharted, where he just travels all over the, the world and goes on these adventures. And they, they flew him into this, I think it was the Congo, because this local village was having a problem with the people there getting eaten by crocodiles. Oh, God. And everyone in the village is, like, missing an arm. They have oh, bites God. taken out of their legs. Oh, yeah. These poor people. I mean, they live, this is the only place where the water is. They have to go there. They even create these little fences where they, um, they like, try to fence in the area so the crocodiles can't get to that spot. They still get in there somehow and fuck these people up because they've gotten accustomed to eating them. Oh, no. Oh, I thought no. it was just territorial. I oh, no. it was just like a, no. you know, like a water hole tension. Well, animals are like, they're opportunists. And once they decide that you're food, that's when it becomes a real problem. So there's really like man-eating crocodiles Oh, yeah. Well, there's, there's definitely man-eating crocodiles. Is this Jim Shockey? Yeah, this is my friend Jim. And this guy is missing. Yeah, it's in Mozambique. Jeez. This guy's missing a hand. This guy's missing his whole arm. That's the fence? Well, no wonder they and can get in. That's my friend in. Jim. He's a lovely Canadian fellow who travels everywhere. So they, he's a hunter. And they flew him in to kill these crocodiles for them. Nice. It's crazy. I mean, look at that fucking thing. You imagine you're, you're living right there and there's just goddamn dinosaurs everywhere. No. And, and furthermore, if you, can, if you can get rid of the, I don't know, it must be a learned behavior because most crocodiles aren't doing that. It's just that they're near people. They, their brains are so small and they're so, so reptilian that what, what they're just trying to do is eat. And if it's a moving, they're going to try to eat it. And if it's a person, it's not like they're targeting people, but they I found out that they can totally get people. True. Crocodiles? I don't think they're just going to eat any old thing. I think they eat everything they can eat. They're giant. We're talking about an 1,800-pound lizard that's been the same in exactly the same form for 60-plus million years. Uh, you could say what the same about sharks, and they don't yeah. just go eat you. They would if they could. If they just decided no, to start I've been eating with people. Sharks and but pe- they don't but sharks eat you. get people eat, get eaten by sharks. No, they don't. They don't ever. No one's ever been eaten by sharks. Occasionally they're eaten, like very occasionally. No. Very occasionally. They are not eaten by sharks generally. We're not on their menu. Sharks don't have a taste for our blood is what you're saying. Yeah. We're not on the menu. We're not on the menu. But they will eat us. 
They will bite you to get yeah. you out of their zone, or they might mistake you and bite right. you. They eat you because they think you're something else. Well, they don't. You're saying eat, which means like you sit down and you finish the meal, right? I right. think that rarely happens. Usually they just bite you in half and just go, you know, fuck, this tastes like shit. I'm going to go like, find a get seal. get the fuck out of my zone, you know, and like that's well, I, the I know there's you. some animals that actively target people and it becomes a giant problem. Like in India, in India, there's this river, there's a place called the Sundarbans. Oh, when, the bull sharks. No, no, these are tigers. Tiger sharks? Yeah, bull, bull sharks are very aggressive and they do kill people. But these aren't tiger sharks. They're tigers, just the cat. They kill a lot of people. They'll eat you. Yeah, they eat the shit out of you. Yeah, <laughs> they'll sit down and like put the napkin in their collar and get like their like. Yeah. yeah. Well, they actively hunt people in this one place, and they've been doing it for hundreds of years. They've, they said over the last two hundred years, three hundred thousand people have been killed by tigers in the Sundarbans. What? Yep. Over the last two hundred years, three hundred thousand people have been killed by tigers. I don't know what to do with that number. It seems it's, implausible. It's insane. Well, it's just so common. First of all, India has a billion people, right? And a lot of them are really poor, and they're living by these rivers, and these cats are everywhere, and it's tall grass. Have you ever seen that video of the cat, the giant tiger, leaping up and attacking the guy when he's on an elephant? No. Dude. This is just shows you. Yeah. Can well, you shows you. <laughs> pull it up, Jamie. It shows you how crazy India is. This guy's on top of an elephant, and he's walking this elephant through this grass and this tiger runs through the grass and leaps up into the air and fucks him up while he's on this elephant. I shouldn't laugh, but it's kind of funny. It's like, it's kind of funny. what a hell of a tiger. They're, they're insane. <laughs> I mean, if a tiger was in a movie as a monster, it'd be one of the scariest monsters ever. I can't ever. play this on YouTube, by the way. Oh, yeah, we can't play it on YouTube, but just... Everyone knows what it is. Yeah. Wait, Everyone, why can't you play it on YouTube? They'll pull it down because somebody owns this. Yeah, they have we'll copyright. So here's the guy. So he's on top of this elephant. Now look at the grass. And they spot it, and then the thing starts whoa, running. Look at this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yep, it is on. Oh, my God. <laughs> the fart jumps. What like a that. jump. And it's going after him. It knows that he's up there. Look at it. It's like, bitch. Well, if I were the elephant, I'd just mess that tiger up. Tore the guy's arm apart. The elephant didn't really give a fuck. It's just hanging out. Look, the elephant's like, whatever, bitch. Tigers can't kill me. <laughs> I'm Can an elephant even that size just stomp on it? Pretty sure. Tigers don't kill elephants, but lions do. And when lions do, they're really hungry, and they get a bunch of them, and they gang up on an elephant. Okay, don't talk about it because you're going to talk about the baby elephants that get ganged up on first. Oh, it's not even necessarily babies. They'll take out a real elephant. Well, like not if it's grown. with the herd. Right. What is this? Trying to save a goat. Woman fights off tiger with a stick. Jesus. <laughs> Let the goat go. <laughs> Christ lady. It's a fucking ghost. I like, I like the kangaroo punching ones. Those, that's my favorite. <laughs> that dude, I want to marry that dude. Oh, that <laughs> dude that like, he's took, out there that punched and like, the there's kangaroo. the squaring off, you yeah. know, he's like trying to figure it out. And then he just like <laughs> <laughs> pops him right. <laughs> People were mad at that guy. It was so cute. But if so you're funny. an animal lover, it's gonna, the kangaroo is fucking oh, up his dog. The kangaroos, those male kangaroos fight all the time. They They're do. always like punching. That was just like a really fun. Well, this they is choke the each other. Yeah, and he's yeah. going to get his dog. So I would yeah, do the like same thing. Off. I would run right out there. It's because it's got the dog in its, in its grip. This guy's so awesome. <laughs> look at <the laughs> Kangaroos know. are so weird. They don't even seem real. They seem too human. Yeah, look at that. Look Here at we it. go. Squares off. Squaring off. Thinking about it. Bam. It's like, yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that Kangaroo does not know what to do. He's like, am he I supposed know what to fight to you? He doesn't know what to do. <laughs> He's so cute. He's like, fuck this. What a weird animal that it bounces off like that on two Great legs. Great guy though, right? Oh, yeah. For sure. And also that he didn't follow up. 
What do you think they were? What was it doing? Like just fighting it or playing? The with dog it or... was barking. The kangaroo yeah. decided to grab a hold of the dog and get him in a headlock, and that's what they do. Which they is do really that to nice, each other. right? Like that's like generally giving you time to react a different way. That's the, giving you a moment to not escalate. Yes, sure. Because be the, the dog, if you see the beginning of the video, he's running around this yeah. kangaroo. He thinks he's hunting. He thinks he's like alerting his company in the car to the target, right? Oh, yeah. They don't even seem like a real animal. They seem like something from an Avatar movie, right? I want to cuddle with them all. When I see like wild animals, like <laughs> all I want is to take them all home and just cuddle with them. It's, it's, guy punched it right in the face. I mean, look too. at the, the fur on its belly. It. You know that fur on the belly is really like soft. Do you think that's a mama? Do you think that's no, a I think pouch? That's a dude. That's a dude. I don't see. I don't see. Any, well, he's not as apparatus. big as me- he's. I think that's a woman. It might be because she's not that, very big. That, well, that also makes sense too. That that's what that pouch is oh, with a tummy. Big. What's that? Uh-huh. It says something? No, what's that? What? what? That little thing hanging down there. You see that? Uh, like that's a, penis a tail. Thing? No, the tail's back here. No, that can't be the penis. Well, the tail's huge. Right. Oh, wait, that's move not, it, like, move it a second. It? No, that is a penis. Yeah. Come on. Look right Where's there. the balls? It's bouncing around. There it is. Maybe that's just like the, nope. the, the curtain for the vag. But he isn't a very developed kangaroo. He's not going to win many fights. Yeah. He's sort of a beta there. Right, there's some giant kangaroos. Those big, scary ones. <laughs> Look at this one. Knock on the door. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, let me in. Look at the claws on those fuckers. Oh, yeah. That's scary. Jesus. That's what I'm saying. When he put the dog in the headlock, he could easily have taken care of that dog, but he didn't. He like yeah. he, he kept the head. He was like, I'm shutting this down. I really think we're I'm misgendering. I think we're misgendering that kangaroo. I think it's a girl. Uh, so that one looks like a dude. See, look. The difference. You see his cock. No, I think they're the same. That that's I think a they're dude. the same. That one's super that jacked. That is a dude. Yeah, why? Maybe. Kangaroo chases people. It's because it has muscles. Is it really chasing people? Yeah, because it has muscles. Maybe it's a female that does, does a lot of crossfit. <laughs> it's a golfer. The, the, the secret life of golfers. Like there's there's crocodiles on the golf courses. There's yeah. kangaroos. What else is like going on for those golfers? Deer. Lightning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Golfers die. Yeah, golfers. They get, they're holding on to a piece of metal. Yeah. <laughs> How many golfers die every year from lightning strikes? I say three. A lot. To somebody I know, or my parents knew, I was there when it happened. I think. He died. You were there. Yeah, there was like a. They were on the clubhouse, and he must have stepped outside because he thought nothing would happen. And yeah, lightning struck. Wow. We used to hear about that all the time, right? Like people would have to come home. And... How many people do you think, Liz? Fair, take a guess. What every How year? How many number every year? Uh, well, I'm going to go with strikes over deaths. I was okay. going to go because I'm going to say strikes. I'm going to say there's about. Struck by lightning, at least a couple hundred. Couple hundred Struck golfers or regular folks? Oh, golfers, just golfers, yeah, just golfers. Just golfers. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm gonna go with worldwide. United States. Just United States? Yeah. That seems unfair. Okay, worldwide. Worldwide, I'm gonna go with twenty-five. Mm, I like it. I was gonna. I was gonna say twenty-three okay. worldwide. Uh, I say three deaths in United States per year. These are just strikes. These Average are not deaths. Of- the United States averaged 51 annual lightning strike fatalities over the last 20 years. We underestimated. Whoa. We lowballed that. In second 51 position. a year? That's okay, but how many of those guys States. are golfers? That's what I typed in, actually. And how many of them are assholes with a kite with a key hanging <laughs> off of it? I, I typed in how many golfers die each year from lightning, but how many people? Is <laughs> how many people are cutting cello? You know, like, <laughs> like, right. There you go. 5% of the annual ones happen on golf courses. So 5% oh. of, of 51 yeah. is like... We overestimate it. Yeah. 10. Two, two and a half, no, something like lot. that. Yeah. Not a lot. Two. Yeah, I said three. Did you, you missed how bad I am at math. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> if you can't be as bad as me. 5% of 51 is yeah. 10. <laughs> There's no. no way you're as bad as me. That's pretty bad. Yeah, I'm bad. <laughs> I'm very bad. I think that's inherited, too. My kids suck at math, too. I figure if you don't have to, like, if you can look it up easily, like names, dates, math. Yeah. I don't think you have to remember that. Well, that's what I'm saying to my kids. I'm like, look, you see the phone? The calculator. Learn how to do that. I'm don't delegating. Just, just I'm kidding. delegating that to Google. Yeah. Let Google figure it out. Trust in Google. Trust in your I'm gonna overlords. I'm going to do that heavy lifting. I'm going to do, like, the big picture. Yeah. Trust in your overlords. What are all these little gizmos? What is that is uh, a clock made by TGT Studios. It's a guy who's a uh, he's an artist, and he makes these things all out of it's all handmade out of wood, and walnut, and he gets these Russian. What are those things called? Those things that are inside of it. A little a Nixie dolls. Tube. Nixie tube. Nixie, Nixie tube. Yeah. And that's how he gets it to read the numbers and but shit. what is it saying? What does it mean? Is it a Just 147. Day it's the time. 147 and oh. 46 seconds. Oh. Yeah. He's badass. He does a lot of really cool shit. He's a craftsman. He does a lot of like really fascinating stuff. You got his Instagram page? Right TGT Studios. Do you ever check Daily Mail for like the hideous side of life? <sighs> I check the internet <laughs> for the hideous Take side of life. What do, you, what do you check? I do check Daily Mail. It's like, like my horrible. And I, I despise like myself every time dude. I do. There's a dude's oh, website. Nice. Pretty dope, right? Yeah, it is really cool. Yeah, he makes cool stuff. So what are you like what are you looking for? I really just want the gossip. I'm just oh, there to find out. Dirt. It's like going to the you know, the well in the village. Mm-hmm. With, uh, I want to know what's going on with it. It's exactly what it is. But then they always sneak in something like utterly devastatingly just shocking and awful. Like, like you know, what? they would they'd have Kim Kardashian next to like the ISIS beheadings and it would be like side <laughs> by side. So you couldn't miss it. And I right. know that that's part of like your friend the hunter, the adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. I know that's part of why I go there because my 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 system might be shocked a little bit. Yeah. But it's it's a revolting impulse. Like that's the worst of me. You get, it's like a big tub of ice cream that's in your fridge every day and you know you shouldn't eat it. And <laughs> you do. You, you just eat it. And you know it's bad for you. <laughs> you eat it in the and you're like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why did I do Never that? Mm. Every time I watch one of those videos after it's over, I'm like, why the <laughs> fuck did I watch that? Yeah. Do you think that stuff like adds up in your brain? Like how much of our stress and unhappiness and all that kind of stuff that culturally everybody feels is because you expose yourself to things that you just shouldn't know about? In the I think moment? for sure. For sure it has an effect. It's a matter of uh, does it have an effect? In as far as raising awareness of consequences of devious actions, or does it have an effect in that you're always worried about it, and so it sort of manifests itself more often because the it's ladder. constantly in your head? The latter. Probably. Makes yeah. sense. And then we need a cup of coffee, a drink, and a joint, right? Yeah, just to just try to unwind and, yeah. and find and a group food. of people that you could hang out with that you trust, that are cool, to protect you from all those fuckers coming over the fence. <laughs> Right? I mean, that's oh, what everybody's worried. Full circle. That's what everybody's full worried circle. about. I mean, that's what worried about Russia, right? Everybody's worried about Russia, right? Uh, that thing? I'm was... pissed. I'm not worried. I'm pissed. Did you see the thing that they're parking submarines over the power line, over the internet lines? I was wondering about that. What? Just the to be fuck a dick? Is that? I don't know. Like, probably to let us know. Hey, fucker, we mm. could cut line with no problem. Yeah. If that happened, how fast do you think it would take? before we got something back up again or how long how fast well how isn't long? it crazy that there's a line that goes across the fucking ocean and that's how the internet works yes 
There are times when I will sit and dream about those lines. And I'll just sit there thinking, I'll see this sort of greenish murk. And then I'll see, hear the silence and that clicking sound that you hear under, you know, with all the fishes eating stuff. Mm-hmm. That like, like clicking stuff. Yeah. And I'll picture these lonely ass cables just draped down the side of a cliff, like in the great abyss. Ooh. And like, I'll just picture their loneliness for a while. Wow. Yeah. How many there are. That's intense. Whoa, they're everywhere. Yeah. Can you imagine if aliens came here and saw that? They'd be like, what in the fuck are these crazy yes. assholes doing? Wires, I asked my son what he thinks we're going to look back on in the future and think was like the craziest thing we lived with. And he said wires. And I thought this was kind of brilliant. That's what a kid would say, right? That lives but in I this mean, world today that is brilliant. Wireless charging, wireless internet. If I didn't have internet. wires, I could just play live and move anywhere around on the stage. I didn't have to stand in front. I mean, the right. fact that we stand in front of a mic, I know there's a great tradi- tradition and it's really cool in rock and roll. <clears throat> but I personally feel very hemmed in by this mic stand. I have have to you ever stand. thought about going straight Bobby Brown? I did. My and I was like, all my friends just took me aside <laughs> and they were like, no. <laughs> Can't do it? <laughs> Can't do it. But it works for Anthony Robbins. <laughs> he does it. Everybody, come on. Pop your hands. <laughs> Feel the energy. He does it, right? Doesn't he go Bobby Brown? He runs all over the arena, though. <laughs> Whenever it's anybody wears those, it's Bobby Brown, period. <laughs> like, he did it. He did it for my prerogative, and that's it for the rest of everyone's life. Yeah. That's a Bobby Brown. He's yeah. got a Bobby Brown. I know a comic who does that. Really? Does, yeah, he does his act with all those Wait, things. Wait, why? Like, oh, exactly. <laughs> I fucking don't get it. There's Anthony Robbins. Look at him. Big, beautiful son of a bitch. Hey, at one point I bought the box set. Hey. You know, at one point I was like trying in my car to listen like to my positivity. Look, he's got some very good points. He says some things that really can work. You know, it's like, here's the thing. Anthony Robbins is like any delicious meal. You do not want to eat it all fucking day, every day. And if you hear too much Anthony Robbins, you're like, okay, e fucking enough. I get it. Be positive. Put out the energy. Like, look at him. Yes, we're going to walk on coals. Yes. It's weird, too, right? Is that what he's doing? Is he walking on coals? He does why do that. is he wet? He does do that. But here's what's interesting about today. Do we today. know why he's wet there? Because he's fucking jacked and he's just running and sweating up a storm <laughs> and getting these people pumped. Maybe it's raining out. Could it's got to be raining. Yeah, it could be. Um, they do this fire walk thing, which is essentially – here's the thing. Coles – Oh, my God. Look at him. You know those, his I'm going to try all this on stage. Ah, he's throwing I'm going to get back. wet. I'm going to throw Chuck my Liddell. arm back and be like ah. – Yeah. Go for it. And with my Bobby Brown. Yeah. This is all going to happen <laughs> with my Bobby Brown. <laughs> if you have one of those, you could be totally wireless, right? Just hook it up into a backpack, wireless action. Uh, one of them little free, things sits free on your belt. Fair. Yeah, free fair. Whoa. Free She's tired of it. That should be a, a t-shirt that just says free, fair, and it's just the Bobby Brown thing. <laughs> like a silhouette of your head oh, with just the dark Bobby Brown thing over your face. No. Someone's going to make it no. by the end of this podcast. But that's not even what I Someone will have want. that, and we're going to put it up on Instagram. I don't want the Bobby Brown. I want a parabolic... Um, parachute thing over my whole stage. So oh. anywhere I go, don't they have that for sports now? They have this like parabolic microphone thing where mm. they can like zoom in on the coach talking or zoom in on. Yeah. I think so. They got this thing where like it's very directional. Right. It's like a laser of a microphone, so it can be up in the ceiling of the arena, and then they just point it at somebody, and they can go right in and hear their conversation. That's like probably some CIA shit, right? 
they've been using it. Do you know that they, they can listen to what you say in a room by monitoring the window and the vibrations of oh. normal human conversation has enough of an effect on the window that they can translate that into speech. That's insane. Whoa. That's insane. They know the noises you're making based on the effect it has on a window in a room. You don't even have to be screaming. Just talking. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, that's real. Well, don't you kind of just assume that we're being listened to all the time? Oh, for sure now. Now, after Edward Snowden and all that stuff, after, you know... The, the releases of I feel like I've got at least two fans listening in to me at all times at least in, the, in your house just in Probably. no in like the NSA like oh. there's two Liz Fair fans that are like <laughs> I'm sure there's more yeah they're probably <laughs> they're bored like, they're like I'm gonna find a terrorist but exactly. first I'm gonna see if Liz Fair is masturbating yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's probably a lot of that I actually thought about that the other day because I screwed up my knees and I've been doing this thing where I like put my elbows into my legs as I'm sitting watching TV or something and mm-hmm. kind of give myself a massage. But if you were listening through the audio of my phone or anything, you'd just think I was constantly masturbating. <laughs> like, this kind of like rubbing motion like, on my oh, leg yeah. all the time. Right there. And you're like, right there. They're like, she's never uh. getting off. She keeps stopping. What's the problem? <laughs> What's the blockage? Yeah, she's frantic. It's weird. <laughs> It's like she's like a, what? What are those like the primates that are constantly bonobos? <laughs> yeah, bonobos. Yeah, bonobos. Bonobo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to get to a point where everybody can listen in on everybody. That's what I think. I think we're only a couple decades away from that. I think right now, it's like content pro- or uh, you know, uh, service providers have the possibility of tapping into you. Maybe you know, all these different government groups knows how to tap into your phones and tap into your TV and tap into the camera that's on your laptop. But I think it's going to come a matter of time where that's the, the intrusion and in privacy is going to be the bottleneck to future technology, and we're going to get to some virtual reality environment where it is so titanically bizarre and so incredibly realistic that whatever the fuck happens in the regular world is going to lose its significance. It's going to slowly lose significance to the point where we're going to accept that one of the ways to overcome some of these technological hurdles is to completely dissolve all boundaries between all people and information. Meaning you're going to be able to look at anybody doing anything, anytime, and they're going to be able to look at you, and that's going to be the new reality of human beings. And this will be after we've accepted virtual reality. So once we accept virtual reality, Regular life is going to be so mundane because you're going to be able to create artificial environments like Avatar World, like you're flying through 2001 at Space Odyssey, you're hanging out with the chimps, you're going to have haptic suits on that give you feedback, it's going to be tied into your central nervous system, it's going to recreate smells and feels, and that's all going to happen. It's not a matter of whether it's going to happen, it's a matter of when is it going to happen. I think when that does happen the big bottleneck is going to be privacy. And I think people are going to, just like they're doing now with constantly putting up things on social media, and constantly showing pictures of their kids, and constantly giving updates on everywhere you go, and tagging all these things with geotags, I think that in the future, we are going to just accept that no one has any privacy. And kids today are more likely to accept it than we were, and our kids are going to be more likely to accept it than their kids, and it's going to keep going on and on and on, and three, four generations, it's going to be life. Life is going to be no privacy. Like, if we were all living in, like, a big brother type house, it's fucking no privacy, right? There's cameras everywhere. There's people willingly do it. How long before everybody willingly does it? It's a matter of time. Right now, it's, it sounds impossible because we grew up 
valuing privacy. I need my alone time. I don't want anybody paying attention to what I'm doing. But once I mean, human beings are so incredibly malleable that once life changes around us and we know for a fact this is inexorable, it's not going back unless Yellowstone blows, or we get hit by an asteroid. This is life now. We're just going to accept it going to go into the next thing and you're going to deal with people looking at you naked all the time lol because you don't care because you're in the avatar dimension riding a fucking dragon over a volcano you're going to be living in a world that's so much more fantastic than the real world that someone looking at your asshole in the real world you're like go ahead look who cares you're basically saying that we're putting ourselves in those little pods in yes. the matrix. Yes. You're saying that we're willingly climbing in eventually to these little pods of goo and 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 powering the whole machine age. Yes. Because we're just going to plug in. I think and we're going to be there. symbiotic. I think we're going to become part machine. I oh, think it's or inevitable. Or like an ant colony. Yeah. You know, we're already kind of like an ant colony, like right? Like one organism with mm -hmm. many many parts. Yeah. I think it's I don't a matter want to of time. live in that. Is that okay? You don't have to. You're alive right now. You're alive. At, you're alive in a beautiful time. You're alive in the transition between when you were young and there was no internet to now you being an adult where there's internet. This is the most amazing time ever. We're lucky. We're lucky. We're the most lucky because we've experienced both. We've experienced. I mean, when I was a kid, we didn't have fucking answering machines. No, I know, right? <laughs> you just called and hoped they were home. Yeah, and if they weren't home, you never found them. You, <laughs> you opened that door to your house. You were a ghost. You just got, they had to trust you, you. You were where you said you were. You just went places. You could do whatever you want. You know? and that's, We're the last wild ones. That's what we are. We are the last. We're, we're the last of the disconnected. You know, we were disconnected, and then we became connected in the 1990s. That, that's a totally new experience for human beings and we experienced both parts we, ex we were the last humans to experience no internet internet no one else will ever experience that the only way they'll experience that is if they don't have internet but the world has internet you know what i want to get back to what you said Ghosts. how long is the electricity down if we're attacked on the infrastructure that's what i want to know well we were talking about the internet yeah, but talking about the internet but same oh, thing just the but internet. yeah like, that's another, that's an issue, too. Oh, that's all they're going to blow is the internet? No, I mean, they could, <laughs> but it would be... That was, like, like the saddest attack. <laughs> like, wow. Well, EMP Poof. could take us out, too, which is just as scary and probably yeah. easier to accomplish. That's what I want to know yeah. about, like, how long is the recovery time? Because I do feel like Putin's sitting back there, like... <laughs> well, I think what they're really worried about, other than Putin, is solar flares. They think solar flares have the real potential to take out the entire power grid. That's, that's entirely possible. And life as we ones. know it. Oh, that too, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's only one thing. Yellowstone's the big one. Ooh. <laughs> that was like a stoner moment. We all just stopped. Mm. Like, do you know about the, the caldera volcano in Yellowstone? You know about all I that? I do. That's the big one. I do. I'm that's not what everybody should be freaking out about. I'm as worried about that, although I know it's bulging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the northwest part is bulging or something. Well, it's just exactly. constantly having earthquakes. They've had thousands of earthquakes every year for like the last five or six years. Thousands. They have thousands in a month just, sometimes. That, to me, is not worth worrying about because there's nothing we can do. Nothing. <clears throat> that is like, to. that, you might as well just, the what? I said they want to. They want to dig a hole. No. They, they want to drill a hole and let some of the gas out. <laughs> well, Wow. <laughs> I applaud their, <laughs> you know, what I mean? like, like a zit. They just want to like lance go. it. Like where, you know? Yeah. yeah, they want to lance a zit and push <laughs> some of the lava out. Oof. What's crazy is that 
that's happened to human civilization like many times over the course of history. A giant volcano has blown up and killed Meteor. everybody. Yeah, a bunch of that shit happened too. Yeah. I'll, I'll be loving life because I'm small. I think only the small things survive, right? You think so? <laughs> like, I think like shrews. <laughs> I don't well, know. Well, that's what they said about the, um, the, what hit the Yucatan is that we used to be like a mole. Like human beings, they do, if you trace the evolution of the human being, if you believe in that nonsense, today, if you go all the way back, we were like a mole. We were some kind of a mole. That was the <laughs> that only was surviving. Aunt, that was our... Yeah. Yeah, literally. <laughs> 65 million years ago, human beings, our, our farthest mammal ancestor is some sort of a mole that survived the, like a little, the big hit. Yeah. Like shrewish looking thing? Yeah. Yeah. And because all the upper predators get wiped out, so yep. then they can thrive because there's, no there's food, nothing to eat them. And they live in the ground so that these <laughs> things can live underground and survive. Is that our future? Maybe. <laughs> are we going to end up like people. underground? Everyone See, thinks we're true. going to Mars, but I think we're just going to go underground. <sighs> we are going to go to Mars too, though. Some idiots. Some poor fucks are going to no, die thank on Mars. You. No, thank you. Yeah. Pass. That's Why just... do people want to do that? Because we can. Because it's go one to of those Arizona. things. Go to Arizona. Go sit in like Badlands. That's what I'm saying. You're done. Exactly. Ooh, and you can come exactly. back and have pie. Yeah. It's dumb. Yeah. And then you have to bring water or have to go get it and melt it down. But you're there. Okay. You're yeah. on Mars. Let's yeah. just say we're on Mars. Mm-hmm. What do we do? We're just terrifying. Cry. 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 And wait for your body to stop working. <laughs> Rock. Yeah. What can you do? <laughs> I mean, I just I don't see the life there. Well, I think people want to be pioneers. And I think it's entirely possible that you're going to wind up going with some really crazy people, too. Yeah, right? Yeah. Who wants to be a pioneer that isolated? Yeah. Crazy pants, right? Yeah. See, if I know a lady who lives in the Arctic Circle. She lives like 200 miles above the Arctic Circle. She's on that show Life Below Zero. You ever uh-huh. see that show? But she can come out when she wants. She of can come back. She flies back. She, she was in the studio. Not this one, the old one. But she was sitting right where you're sitting. Like, you know, she's a normal person. I can't even take a cruise. No. No. But you were going to cruise in the Congo. Well, that's a river. (laughs) (laughs) But I can't take a cruise boat because I can't be isolated in the middle of the ocean with people I don't think are really on the ball. Like, I can't do it. I think that's where, like, the next plague starts, I think. Does happen sometimes. Yeah, they get the norovirus or whatever on a cruise ship. And what if someone's just really in it chucking people over the side? (laughs) Like, that's your move. You just take a cruise. I like those wait. people that survive that. I like the stories of the people the that get sh- they fall off a cruise the- ship. Really? And they get found. Who the fuck finds them? They're in a shipping lane. They get found. Really? I love those stories. I've never heard those stories. Yeah. I always thought you're fucked. Can you though. imagine? Could you? There's like almost nothing <sighs> that can fuck you worse than to fall off a cruise ship. But right. these people, they, they survive it. You have to think of how long can you swim? Right. I mean, it's like 13 hours or I don't know. How long can you tread water? Well, you can tread water longer than that. I don't know. Sure you can. I sink like a rock. You'll be hallucinating. Right. But you'll still be treading water. <laughs> you just be, your tissue would be tearing apart. What I heard one guy talk about was how he saw like, he had the illusion of seeing boats come by and talk to him. And he, like, talked to people that were saying, just hang on, hang on longer. It was all imaginary. Like, none of it was real. But he was having, like, a full sort of trippy virtual reality experience with his hallucinations that kept him alive longer. They were, like, his subconscious. But they would come, in his mind, in vessels and, like, stop and talk to him, throw him something, motivate him. That's crazy. I guess you could get that if you go into one of those... um, 
sensory deprivation tanks or something. I have, have one. That. Oh, you do? I have one right over here. Shut up. Fuck yeah. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Do you do that regularly? Yeah. Do you have hallucinations? Yeah, definitely. What? Tell me. Um, the, the most extreme one, I was in the jungle and um, there was some people that were native to this place. They were dressed in um, Western clothes, though, like T-shirts and shorts, but they were barefoot, which is often the case, though, unfortunately. <clears throat> A lot of people that live in these indigenous uh, villages, they wear, like, Under Armour shirts and shit that they, someone gets them. Somehow or oh. another, it gets down to them. Missionaries maybe sometimes bring them. Um, but they were speaking in a language that I understood, but it wasn't English. And I don't speak anything other than English. And when they were talking, I was listening to them. I was amongst them, and I was listening to them, and they were speaking in this very different language. And then I realized, like, holy shit, I can understand their language. But I realized that in English, and then, poof, I popped out of the, the spell. Like, my freaking out about it brought me It was all like, no, 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 don't go away. Don't go away. Ah, fuck. It's like it was so extreme. It was so, I could smell the the rain. I could feel the moisture in the air. I could see the leaves all around me. I could hear the sounds of the forest. And these people in the rainforest just hanging out, talking this. Uh, it was totally uneventful. Nothing was happening. But they were talking in this language that I absolutely knew what they were saying. They were going back and forth and communicating. And I was following the conversation in their language, thinking in their language. And then I realized it and I woke up. How do you interpret that? I think, first of all, it's tripping balls, right? There's that. There's being in that tank. On what? Uh, I think it was edible pot. I've done a bunch of different things in the tank, but mostly it's edible pot. Pot edibles has a distinctly hallucinatory effect at high doses, especially when you close your eyes and you're laying back and just like just just letting visuals take place. Um, also, I think it's entirely possible that we have genetic memory. And I think it's entirely possible that, like, there's certain things that people pass down to their children. Like, there's certain traits that my kids have that I watch in them, and I go, okay, how do you, why are you so into this? Are you so into this because you just happen to be into this? Are you into this because, you, because I'm into this? And somehow or another got into my genes and passed on to your little tiny body. And now you're developing with this like hunger for certain, certain types of activities. So it's like it. literally in their cellular yes. level of well, we don't know. We don't know what's transferred. We don't know how much of like, what, like people have certain instincts, right? People are afraid of spiders, afraid of snakes. Why? Why is that? It's probably some memory. Probably somewhere along the line, some memory got transferred into your DNA. Well, the question is, like, how much gets in there? Until I told my nine-year-old daughter, I, I thought probably very little. I was probably just, like, physical traits and that's it. But her mind is so much like my mind, like, and especially like her obsession with things. I've never seen a little kid so obsessed with things. I'm like, this is me in a nine-year-old girl's body. Like, this is fucking crazy. And talking to people that have musical talent or people that have artistic talent and their children seem to have an aptitude for this, like an un unusual aptitude, almost as if they're trying to re-remember it rather than learn it. Ooh, I like what you just said. I like that switcheroo uh, there. I think there's something that gets trans... I don't, I don't know how much of it is readable data, but I think there's so much information that gets through your cells. And then I think 
the child is faced with their own data, right? Their own life experiences, their own genetics, their own hormones, and all these different things that are happening around them. But I think underneath all that, it's entirely possible there remains some very, very distant memories, which is why people survived as long as they did, because you could transfer some knowledge unto the kids. I think it's probably yeah. less today than before, because the, world, the world's so safe. Everything's nerfed. You don't have to worry about getting eaten by leopards. Like it's a, it's a totally different environment we're living in. So less of it gets in there, but I think there's probably still somewhere in the operating system, if you went into DOS and started sneaking around, you'd find some weird code from like different languages that you spoke 10,000 years ago, or you know who knows? Whatever life experience. Like why are kids escaping? Scared of monsters. That was another thing that they were talking about once in one of these things. Like they're scared of monsters because monsters used to be a real thing that you had to worry about because they ate people. Like cats, like leopards and jaguars and shit. Like that was a real problem. So little kids, they're not scared of bullets or, you know, they're scared of fucking monsters. That's what every little kid's scared of, the dark and monsters. Because that's, in our genetic memory, probably some leftover shit from when we got eaten a lot. In trees. Yeah, trees, right? So falling and predation. Yeah, Yeah, both. So is that what you think happened? Like that you kind of accessed a memory? Because I was going more with like the, um, what do you call it? Collective unconscious. Like you were seeing a present day thing in another part of the world. I doubt it. No. You're going back in your... I think it was just imagination more than anything, honestly. If I had to be really honest, I think it was imagination. I think I just have a very vivid imagination. And it's particularly when I was lit on some... Okay, Pop but there's, I, I've read a study where um, if something really traumatic happens to the parent, and I don't know if this is animals or whatever, even if the baby animal is born after this thing is over, this traumatic event, they'll have a fear of that thing. Mm. This, that was very poorly articulated. I think the pot's like gone through me. No, I know what you're saying. And now I'm just like sort of. I think I know what you're talking about. There was a study that they did with mice. And what they did with mice is they sprayed a citrus aroma inside the cage, and then they electrocuted the feet of the mice. Their children, when they smelled, this is children that had not been electrocuted, when they smelled that citrus aroma, they had a heightened panic state. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. But that's, is that how they figured that out? Because that seems, that's I can, how they I can that explain out. that with normal science. That's easy, right? Because um, they have this sense well, they never, they never experienced the electrocution thing but before. But they smelled the smell. Right, but the smell never gave them a heightened sense of uh, awareness in mice but the, that the weren't. the fetus would be shocked. Oh, you're saying they weren't yeah. pregnant. No, no, they weren't pregnant. Oh, this is before they're pregnant, so before they're not they're even pregnant. there. Right, exactly. Okay, so what explains that? Genetic memory. It's, a, it's a, a piece of evidence that points to genetic memory. But it's one of those things, it's like, if you don't understand go back to DOS or C plus or something like that, some computer code. I don't understand it. If I read it, it's just gibberish to me or like those quantum physics guys that write all that stuff. That's just gibberish. So we might be just getting that gibberish going. What is what's going on here? No one knows, right? We don't know one day. Maybe we'll be able to read that gibberish, but right now we know there's something getting passed down from these mice. So if the parent gets shocked because they smell that thing and then the kids who have nothing to do with it, they get shocked or they uh, smell it and they think they're going to get shocked. Something's being transferred to them. They That's crazy. Why. That means that we have components of our parents like right now. We're mm-hmm. reacting to stuff in our everyday life, our fears, our worries, our neuroses. Yeah. Are possibly things that our parents experience. 
It's entirely possible that you, the neuroses of your parents is somehow or another transferred into your body. Whether awesome. or not you accept them as your own. Because I'm adopted, that means I have two sets of neuroses going at once. I wonder. I I'm wonder. doubling down on I wonder how much of what neuroses. your adoptive parents gave you sticks. What is this? <clears throat> Yehuda and other studies authors uh, was an early researcher of trauma, trauma and heritability. Her research on Holocaust survivors found that epigenetic changes, not the genes themselves, but how they are turned on and off by other molecules, could be passed down to survivors' children and change their stress hormones. Wow. There's a Wait, bunch. What is that, how does that express itself, though? Like, not genes themselves, but how they are turned on and off. By other, by other molecules. molecules. Could be passed down. So they're so, going to be heightened. They're going to have a heightened sensitivity to threat, probably. Mm, probably. They're going to have like a quicker response neurologically. Well, they say that about um, children that are in the womb when their mother is under extreme stress or violence. But you could think they can sense that yeah. for sure. There's yeah. no. But what freaks me out is that the it's not even like a fetal baby that's reacting. It's yeah. just like complete genetic material transference. Yeah. Who knows? I don't think we know enough. Future science. Yeah, that's what you're into. I'm way into future science. I wish we lived in the future. So that's where ghosts fit in. in I think. Go- I mean, future science. I think. I just think time. I think time is a an illusion. I think that I'm more. Did you ever see Interstellar? Yes. I'm more in that zone. Hmm. That's so, that's smacked of good science to me. <laughs> like I was like, yes. <laughs> so when you say time's an illusion, you mean like the watch is real? Like if it says four thirty, that's when the movie starts, right? That's all real. No, that's just coordination. Mm. That's it's it's in, within our species. We're coordinating together. We're right. working as an ant colony. We're sending signals, which happen to be time signals. We're right. using math to coordinate. But if you go us. underwater and hold your breath for five minutes, that's real five minutes. No, that's just when you run out of oxygen. So that five minutes, it's the counting of that time. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. No, doesn't mean anything. But if someone's five minutes late, you're like, bitch, you're five minutes late. You're like, no, this doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well, I'm never mad about that because I'm always late. Oh, so uh-huh. like, <laughs> uh, okay. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, well, the only time supposedly is now and everything else is just our pathetic attempts at measuring it and trying to. That's just coordination on like, you know, people. Mm-hmm. Like that's right. all we're doing. Like how old are you? I'm, you know, and then. That just means how crispy you are from going around the sun. <laughs> That's not like really anything. Rotisserie. <laughs> yeah, you're like, sorry. <laughs> right, right. Skin crackling. <laughs> you know, like, mm. it's just kind of that. And to me, like, time is just, it's just space. It's like, how far are you away from this gravitational pull? I think gravity is way more interesting. I think it's time is just us coordinating with math. Well, we definitely are, but it's also like when the sun's coming up. Like, check your watch, 615. Sun's coming up. That's a real thing. We're just clocking a spin of an earth. Right. Yeah. It's the same thing with the lungs underwater. The earth spins. I so, agree with you and disagree with you at the same time. Yeah, that's fine. I think you're right, but I also think the fucking movie starts at 4.30. <laughs> but that's another human putting <laughs> yep. on a movie. It's true. So you're just coordinating yep. with... Right. Give me an example of time that is a manifest thing outside of human coordination. Um, well, you could... The oldest star. And I don't mean like things happening. Right. I mean time. Just There's time no, itself. Like, is that helpful in any way other than for us? I don't think it exists in the universe, really. 
Well, if the universe had a Big Bang, and that was a, a point where it started. I don't know if I believe the Big Bang. <laughs> mm. Sorry. <laughs> what do you think? I think we're looking at, okay, black holes. You right. know what? Okay, say there's a train, right? We're at a, we're at a depot. Okay. I love that word. Train depot. Depot. Like Home Depot or? A train depot. Okay. <laughs> okay. And there's like a giant butt of a train, right? Huge. I don't know. 20 feet tall. 18 feet wide. Filled with that like that, psh, that feeling of like, oh my God, there's great mechanical power. And then it leaves the depot, but you're still there. You didn't get on it. Right. And it, it just travels in the distance into a tinier, 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 tinier speck until it's just a little point until you can't see it anymore. Did the train shrink? No. Okay. So when you see all this matter going into a black hole, is it really hitting a singularity? Are we really condensing matter to that extent? Or is it just condensing to a certain extent and traveling in the distance? Is it going somewhere? And that's why we perceive it as gone. It's, it's basically, Have you ever run this by an astrophysicist? Then they break out the wormhole, but that's not the same thing. That's not what I'm saying. Like, and well, I think the Big Bangs are the other end of that process. The under end of the process of coming out. That's a, that's a real uh, thought. They think that, well, every galaxy has a supermassive black, ho- black hole that's... In the center of it. One half of 1% of the mass of the entire galaxy. So the larger the galaxy, the larger the supermassive black hole. The prevailing theory is that, or one of the prevailing theories, I should say, inside every black hole may be another universe. It's entirely possible exactly. that there's another universe of hundreds of billions of galaxies, each with supermassive black holes in the center of them. And you go through that one, you go into – it's fractal. It just goes on yes. forever and ever and ever. Exactly. That's entirely possible. That's too. my philosophy. And I think the whole universe mm. is spinning. I think the whole thing's a spiral deal. Mm. I think they think that, don't and they? And then within the spiral, you get the eddies, right, which are the galaxies and the irregularities yeah. and stuff. But the whole shebang is also spinning. That multiverse idea is – like legit scientists talk about that now. That but that's there might be different. infinite numbers Multiverse. of universes. Yes, I agree yeah. with that. And that makes this, so much more sense. Well, it makes some kind of like the people that go, "Oh, that's crazy." Well, the universe is crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy that you look out and you see forever. It's crazy. <laughs> that's right. pretty fucking crazy. And when you look you up, know? you're looking out. Yeah. You're sitting on the side of a planet looking out. You're in out. the middle of the whole thing. Right? Yeah. You're in the middle of the soup of, of reality. But to think that that's crazy, but that's as crazy as it gets, like, says who? Why, would, why wouldn't you think there's fucking infinite numbers of these things out there? That we're just a part of something that's so big? You, like, if you looked at all the zeros on that number, you wouldn't even be able to wrap your head around it. You'd be like, what? What's a billion? How many, what, how many zeros is that? How many billions is this? How many trillions is in a billion? What? There's no way. That thing, it's too ever, much. There's this enigma thing. I love it so much. Um, it's talking. About, it it has to do with why we haven't seen aliens yet. The Fermi paradox. Yes. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. The Fermi paradox is like questioning why, because there's so many different life. I mean, so many different planets that could potentially support life. They're like if there's a hundred billion galaxies or hundreds of billion, each one has hundreds of billions of stars. How many of those have habitable planets? And if the, if so. Why haven't they contacted yeah. us? Yeah. And like the math is overwhelming that either we're the first or they kill all the comers. Mm. Or. Or that we're like. Or we turn inward and go into the. 
I need Hyper more pop world. for that. Yeah. What's the turn inward? <laughs> Wait, what's, what's, what's turn the turn inward is the, the idea that we all go virtual and that we become some sort of a symbiotic thing connected to this, this hive mind, this real electronic reality. I can't handle self-driving cars. I can't mm. do that. You're going to have to. I can't do No, I'm not. Am I? Mm. Yes, I am. God damn it. How could you die? Self-driving cars are real. They're here. I mean, they suck right now. They kill a couple of people. That's insane. There's like five of them on the road, and they've already killed someone. There's a lot of them on the road. Yeah, no, I feel extremely unsafe about that. I reject that with every fiber of my being. I drive my own car. Good for you. What kind of car do you drive? Uh, Mercedes. Look at you, rich chick. Mm-mm. Out here partying. Hardly. <laughs> no, we're getting deep. We're going deep. Um, I think they'll get it down. They'll get the autonomous car down. The real problem is going to be the thrill and the excitement of freedom. Just getting in your car, turning the key, and just going. I'm good, dude. You can't do that anymore. That's going to that's gonna be a real thing. That's going to be one day. No. Mm. I mean, that feels extremely threatening as an American. I feel like America, to me, is about big, long roads and freedom. Yeah. Go where I want, when I want kind of thing. Yeah. And if you've got the goods, you can start a business there or whatever it is. That, yeah. to me, is America. Is the, the, I don't want to be locked into little channels going all 20 miles an hour. You know, like I need... You want to be able to accelerate. I consider driving kind of an art form. It's kind of an art thing. It's like a sport. You need it is. an activity. And I don't want to relinquish that to be like a, a thing on a factory line. Well, you might get lucky and die before it becomes mandatory. <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 no. That doesn't dovetail nicely with my idea that they're going to discover something that lets me live 500 years because I've decided that's the exact perfect lifespan for 500? me. 500? For me, personally, not for everyone. Would you think that you'll still be getting after it when you're like 450 years old? They'll have. They'll have hormones for that. They'll have things. Everything. Just yeah, have they'll you, have everything for that. Have, have you juiced up? Your physical down. envelope will be okay. It's the right. psychology. Can you not go mad? You might go mad. Well, it depends could, on if everyone else is living 500 years. We've Even had this conversation like before. We were talking about if you found out that you were going to live this life over again every time, like infinitely, would you be able to handle it? No. But why? You handle it now. You're living right now. Would it's just you, be the same thing. Would you know? Would you be conscious that this was your 15th you would have to take, time? Would take you be, someone's word for we're it? We're back to the Matrix. Neo's come back like five times. He still can't right. get it right, right? But if someone came up to you right now no. and said, Liz, I'm going to give you the reality of existence. The reality of existence is you will do this life an infinite number of times until you get it right. And you're never going to get it right. So you're just going to keep living this life over and over again. Hopefully fucking up less and less each time, but most likely you're going to still fuck up and you're just going to keep doing the same thing. He'd be like, no fucking way. But if someone says, do you want to end your life right now? You'd be like, no, I love my life. When you were on that plane and your whole body was shaking, you're like, I want to stay alive. I don't want to die. So why don't you want to stay alive and just keep doing it over and over and over and over and over? Well, is there transcendence? Is there a goal? If there's a goal, I can get with it. Mm. So transcendence meaning we evolve. Groundhog's Day. You know right. that wonderful movie? Yes. Love that movie. <laughs> great movie. Stop it. I love that movie. It's like it's top movie. 10 for me. Okay. Um, you got to watch some other movies then. But I love dumb 90s, 80s movies. I like, like a lot of them too. It's a genre that I really like. I mean like Blues Brothers might be top five easily for me. 
Christmas Vacation is a good movie. <laughs> I haven't seen that one, but yes, <laughs> you're feeling me. Okay, yeah. so if there's, if there's something that you evolve into, I can live my life over many times and strive mm. to be better at it. But if there's no point to it all and I just have to keep living over and over and going to high school again and again and again, no. Well, don't you think that human beings overall are evolving? Yes. I think so. I think even besides, I think even our trials and tribulations and the things that go sideways, they reveal sideways as an option to us and gets us back on track. I have an expression that my mother loves, onward and sideways. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. (laughs) Kind of gets you up in the morning when you're like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, I like that. And I like the idea of, I'm very into as we sort of evolve Speaking of UFO conferences, I was driven in the back of Rick Rubin's Bentley when I first (laughs) moved to L.A. My friend Nora was friends with him, and he drove us to a UFO conference. And I just remember sitting in the back of this huge Bentley, and he wouldn't talk to me at all. (laughs) Like I was like not – of interest enough to, I kept sort of poking my head up to the front seat to like try to contribute to the conversation. Like, and he just didn't yeah. want to talk? No, he just like ignored everything I said. <sighs> and they were talking about the evolution of human consciousness at this crazy UFO conference. It was pretty funny. It was very organized. It was just like any like NAM or something. It was mm. like anything. Yeah. They have some good ones. You know, there, there's a business in it though. That's the, the real issue with all the UFO stuff is that there's a business. Is that you get to a point where people realize you could be, you make a lot of profit if you just start talking about UFOs or talking about extraterrestrial invaders that are inevitably coming and when and and then everything gets murky, you know, <laughs> gets real murky. It's like who's who's being? You mean when science and like, yeah. like, well, when you need to the prove bullshit something? Artists, it's just it, it's not always pure, you know. Like there's some people that look at it and that are like real researchers, like. There's a bunch of them that try to figure out what the fuck is going on, and they make a lot of sense, you know. And they're they're trying to figure it out, but they don't they don't point to anything in particular and say this this little fetus this is an alien baby, and we're going to genes to prove it. Like you know, they found that little baby with the big head, just a baby, just a deformed right. baby. But what they're really yeah. looking for is aerial phenomenon, right? That's aerial phenomenon is one, but phenomena. The, the problem phenomena. is phenomena. 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 <laughs> the problem is uh, we don't know whose stuff that is, right? If it's ours, it's flying around. They don't tell you about it. If it's some drones that the government's working on. But if they've got that kind of maneuverability, why aren't they using it? What kind of maneuverability are you convinced they have? Uh, they can move great speeds at odd angles is what I understand. Yeah. I don't see. I've seen I mean, they couldn't get that. here. Well, here's the thing. They couldn't get here unless they were able to actually, like, tesseract. What is that word? Tesseract what from Wrinkle in Time. You would have oh, read it. I didn't it see was like that a movie. girl book. That it's was out now, book. right? It's a movie, right? I haven't seen the movie, but it's nice an Oprah plug. Movie. Get my box set. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so they fold. They fold time. Did you see Event Horizon? Did you ever uh, see that movie? No, but I'm sure I'm familiar Great with that. fucking movie. Yeah. Scary space movie yeah. with, uh, who's in that movie? Lawrence Fishburne and a bunch of other people. Sam, the guy from Jurassic Park, the English Golden? gentleman. Uh, damn it. I want to say Harris, but that's not his name. Wait, the older Sam- guy? The, the grandfather? No, the one who Sam was Neil. Sam Neill. 
Sam Neill. He was like Sam one of the scientists, one of the top scientists that went there with Laura Dern. He was like Laura Dern's boyfriend. He's English? Yes. Pretty sure. There he is. There's a gentleman. That's the event horizon. He has an English accent? Yeah, doesn't he? Maybe he's just so proper. I think he's English. I think he's English. That'll blow my mind. That movie's badass, though. It's one of the best horror slash science fiction movies ever. They combined like uh, a demonic movie with space. It was demons in space. (laughs) Okay. I like this. So the aliens are actually demons. Sort of. They punched through a wormhole in order to travel this far, and when they did, they opened up a passage Don't to hell. Don't penetrate the dimensions. Dum, dum, dum. Don't paint. Well, hell being what we would do to extraterrestrials. I mean, think about who we are right. to an alien civilization. Let's just say they're peaceful, and they're not. I mean, like, imagine us, although right. we'd probably be, like, so evolutionarily backward. Right. It would probably be like if we had a giant hamster wheel and we visited a crazy <laughs> group of armed chimps. It'd be like, whoa, 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 slow the fuck yeah, down. Right. You know, <laughs> they probably would be really aware that we're super violent. <laughs> we would shoot at them and shit. They probably would do something to slow that down. Okay, now I'm officially high. Like, I can feel it. It just yeah. happened to me. No, there's no doubt, right? <laughs> um, so, okay. Have you ever been to one of my concerts? No. Does that bum you out? No, not at all. <laughs> I was going to ask you because I was assuming it was pretty early on. I'm going out. I'm plugging myself now, but I'm going out and I'm playing all these songs that I haven't played ever really live that I wrote. Grab that microphone. Bring Sorry. It. That's all right. People Stay at home are screaming me. at me right now. Stay with me. I'm going to whisper. Um, when are you, are you performing out here soon? I will be. Like eight shows, it'll come and go, kind of like a shooting star through the sky. Just Will you let really... me know when? <laughs> when are you going to be here? It's happening now. <laughs> Joe, get down here. Um, sure, June. Okay, I'm in. But it's kind of an interesting thing. If you play stuff that is from, from a really long time ago and it was pretty rudimentary on stage... Can you trick it out with a bass? Can you trick it out with drums? Can you go back and like reinvent your early work? Do mm. you think that that would be like, would that upset an old fan? Right. You mean if an old fan wanted to hear it the way it was? Uh-huh. Right. Like if you had an acoustic version. Do they then... want me to just exactly hit exactly how I played it? Probably, right? Hmm. I don't think that you can leave that up to vote. Because I was thinking it would help my voice to be a stoner. Since I was a stoner back then. And it I would help? It. So yeah. you're thinking about getting into being a stoner now? I might. <laughs> you make a good stoner. Sitting <laughs> around talking about black holes and shit. Yeah, I it's do. perfect. Don't I? Ghosts. You believe in ghosts. I like all that shit sober, though. Yeah. That's, that's a scary part. Well, I think most people do. I don't think most people that are watching those ghost shows are high. No. Yeah. The internet is like the paranormal. Yeah. Well, it's... Library. Things that people are curious about and they're fun. Like if ghosts were real, it'd be fun. It'd be awesome. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be fun if they weren't real. It'd be like, oh, you mean all those shows? Have you were never bullshit? been scared? You've never been scared by ghosts. You've never actually no, like even I've been, thought. I've definitely been scared. I never but by thought by humans or that, animals. No, I've been through the comedy store, which has been apparently a bunch of people got murdered there when Bugsy Siegel owned it. It used to be Ciro's nightclub, and. A lot of people that work there apparently have seen ghosts. Like, even my friends have told me they've seen ghosts. You don't believe them? I don't know. I don't know. What did they say? They said they saw ghosts. I mean, like they, maybe they were like telling the truth. Like a human look? I've never seen an actual human apparition. Some have told me they were grabbed. Carl LeBeau said he was 
grabbed and dragged. He was in a dark room, and no. something grabbed him and dragged him on the ground, and then ran through the place and slammed the door outside. You're kidding. That's what he said. Could it have been a person? Could have been, for sure. People are real. You know, it's more likely a person. He's in a pitch black room. It might have been one of his asshole friends. Decided to grab him because he's probably drunk off his ass. Yeah. Laying down there like, oh, yeah. I, I think he got in a fight with his wife or something like that. And went to the comedy store. He's like, fuck this. I'm going to lie here. I'm going to make it. I'm going to be a big man. And then something like came into the room. He tells the whole story on stage. It's really kind of interesting the way he tells it because he, he's very dramatic and goes through the whole detail of it. But I've talked to several wait staff, uh, waitresses, managers that have seen Ghost there, comics that have seen ghosts there, but again, people are full of shit, right? You get a hundred people, one of them's a fucking moron, and that one out of a hundred might tell you some goofy ass fucking story because they want to be special. But you what know? happened to you that made you scared? Oh, normal stuff, just being in the dark. I mean, you just I, freaked out to be yeah, there. I'm more scared of animals than I am of anything else. Yeah, like, me too. The real things, you know. I'm scared of real shit. Have you ever seen a moose? Oh yeah, close and personal. Those yeah. things are huge. They're giant. I've shot a moose. I stumbled. You shot a moose? Yeah. Did you kill him the first time? Yeah. Good for you. I, I ate it. Good for you. Yeah. That's true hunting. Yeah. Well, it's the way to do it. <laughs> but it's, they're fucking huge. They're like, um, they don't even look like a real animal. The first time I saw one in uh, British Columbia, it looked like, it was like a scene from Jurassic Park. We pulled the, we pulled the car over and we rolled the windows down. We were like, what the fuck? <laughs> look at that thing. They're so big. I think I could walk under it and clear you might be able to. I really one. think like their legs are, you know, you, a little duck, maybe at the, <laughs> the worst. They're so big. It doesn't even make sense. Like you, you feel like you could drive a car under them. Yeah. Yeah. They're enormous. They're the redwoods of deer. Yeah. Crazy animal grows giant doors on its head every year. And then they fall off after they're done breeding. The horns fall off and then they regrow again. Did so, you, did you have to wait for a long time to get it? Yeah, we were we were there for like five days. We got it on the fifth day, the fourth or the fifth day. Yeah, same animal. You saw it? A couple no, no, we didn't see one. We were looking. There's a lot of wolves up there. Are you allowed to shoot the wolves? Yeah, they try to get you to kill as many as you can. I didn't. I didn't. I don't want to. But if you're up there, they give you an unlimited tag for wolves. You could shoot thirty wolves, but you won't. You never get thirty of them. They're smart as shit. But we did come across a baby moose that got eaten by a wolf. Ooh, it's crazy. A pack of wolves. There was hair everywhere. That was the most surprising thing. It's just fucking hair. I didn't think there would be hair everywhere, but I'm like, of course, they're gonna kill this thing. They have to chew off the hair. Oh yeah, spit it out. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> like like just... Every meal, every meal an animal eats has like all this crap. Yeah. Like there's <laughs> no one preparing it. There are no yeah. knives and forks. They you can't, see that like... in their shit too. You see ropes of hair in their oh, shit. Dude, gross. Yeah, they don't just eat the meat like nice and clean like a bowl and chopped up meat. <laughs> no, they're eating the hair, everything. Yeah. I used to look at those like wild horse videos where they would show that pack of wild horses and I would try to think like, is it better? Maybe it's better to be like stabled and in a clean with nice, you know, sawdust or whatever on, right. in your pen. Like maybe it's not so bad to be a kept animal. I'm not sure I'd like to be a wild horse. I mean, it seems really romantic, yeah. but would it really be fun? It's a great Rolling Stone song. I think what it is is uh, they're they're not the same thing that they used to be. They're not the same thing. You're right. Yeah. They've been domesticated for so long. Yeah. It's not even the same animal, really. Do you know Especially what, with that genetic memory thing you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Do you know what a scrub bull is? Have you ever heard of that expression? Scrub bull. Scrub bulls are wild um, domestic cattle. 
domestic cattle that's broken down barriers and gone wild and has lived in the wild for several generations. Mm. It changes their form. They look different. They look, they're much more muscular. They're, they're freaky looking, multicolored sometimes. They've grown giant antlers or giant horns rather. And it, Australia has a real issue with them. And they're super, super aggressive. When you think about bull riding, people ride bulls and bulls go fucking yeah. crazy. That's what a bull does. Bulls are ruthless motherfuckers. They're just out there trying to have sex with cows <laughs> and anything that gets anywhere near them, they'll fuck up because they're giant. So these things just roam wild, and they're a different animal now, and people hunt them. It's very strange. That is a, that's a wild animal. These horses are still the same form as when people domesticated them. They just got loose, and so they're just running around trying to find oh, something to eat. They're not real wild, wild? Well, their wild horses are not native to North America. Oh, wild I didn't know horses, that. Yeah, they were brought into North America. The Native Americans did not have horses. We brought them in from Europe. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Well, what's crazy is horses originated in North America many, many eons ago, but then died off in North America, but prospered overseas in different places, like possibly went across the Bering Landmash and all these different places where horses evolved and became zebras and all these other different animals. Like, and then they, the Europeans brought the horse back to North America, That's but the horse originated in North America, but then died off. So these wild horses, they're just domestic horses that got free. So it is kind of shitty yeah. for them. It's kind of shitty. They don't really, they probably, if you see a really well taken care of horse, they don't seem to mind it. Like if there's a place up here that has a stable and people ride their horses, people come by and pet the horses, the horses seem so chill. <laughs> they don't seem to mind it at all. Like if it's the loved horse and they're taken care of and, you know, they're just treated well and fed well it they don't doesn't seem to mind how do they not mind that hugely heavy saddle and that hugely heavy human being? it's only hugely heavy to you the those things are so heavy that a horse has do you deal with the, like how about what does a big horse weigh thousand pounds two thousand pounds it's like you remember when your son was really little you put him on your shoulders didn't really bother you <laughs> i think that's what it's like and then think of the mass that a horse carries around, just the bone structure and the muscle, this fucking thing that can jump over huge stacks of logs with a person on its back. That like, is pretty incredible. They're insane. So what we are, you know, if we had to carry a person around, yeah, that would fucking suck. Yeah, because we got squishy discs in our back and our muscles give out and we cramp up and, you know, we're wearing stupid fucking shoes and <laughs> like a horse can carry a person for a long time i just i feel a little bad for them yeah they probably shouldn't do it when have they're you ever tired saddled a horse i don't ride horses no you have to pull this strap like really tightly around their barrel chest right yeah because they do this thing where they when they can tell that you're saddling them they like stick their bellies out oh to try to get themselves some space yeah so that when you mm. let go they can go like this and they're more comfortable so you literally have to like yank this thing mm. and you're like that on them sounds... otherwise you'll start to slip when you're riding you'll just start to fall like slowly to the side that sounds smart <laughs> well i mean it sucks that's why they're always farting when you're on the trail because oh, they're like do they? i think they just fart all the time anyway i think they probably do i just made that up i don't want to sound like i don't know what i was talking about. you're squeezing them down with the straps <laughs> but no. they spook like if they saw a wolf they'd go nuts oh yeah that's they spook at a garbage can do you know that's why cowboy boots are made that way no where your feet go in them loose and then they have the the heel 
All that is so that the heel slides on that thing that your foot sticks in. What's that thing called? Stirrup. Stirrup. Your foot slides in and locks on that stirrup with the heel. And then if you get knocked off, the foot shoe just comes off. You don't get dragged. Oh. Like if your foot, if you have like hiking boots on with like 17 eye holes and you get that bitch tied down and laced in and you shove them into those stirrups if that fucking horse starts bucking and you get knocked loose you're gonna get dragged and kicked to death you're gonna be hanging on by your foot it's gonna be stomping on your head as you're running around you're gonna bounce you off rocks and shit but if you're in one of them cowboy boots your feet just come right out i am now only gonna wear cowboy boots if you're riding a horse you should only wear cowboy boots I haven't been. (laughs) (laughs) But that's why they're so slippery. That's why they come right off, too. They're goofy. It's smart. It is for horse riding. Yeah. But, like, people that don't get that and try to wear, like, big-ass fucking mountaineering boots and ride a horse, like, you're a fucking man. I don't think anyone can fit a big-ass mountaineering boot in a stirrup. They try. (laughs) There's a real issue with people that go mountain hunting. I always thought cowboy boots were for snakes. That's why they were like so thick. I bet that that's it too. I bet that's that they had that's to go up high too. enough so that a strike wouldn't get you. Yeah, that pro- that makes sense. That's probably a factor too. But there's definitely a factor like with the way the heel is constructed is that your stirrup sits right in the heel, and the way your foot just comes right off. And if, the way the toe goes up, it would just stay in the stirrup. Yeah, exactly. Like you'd go flying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's really smart, right? With the pointy it tips. It is really smart. The tips you get stuck up there, your foot goes flying out, and you're done. I know. That was very vivid now that I'm high. I like to imagine my head bouncing along the trail Dude. behind the horse. Bang. Bang. <laughs> Back your head, cracking <laughs> off rocks, <laughs> trying to stay conscious, grabbing your head. Your head's, your hand gets smashed you on the rocks. You can't grab anything. Next. You're just a <gasps> rag doll. Fuck. Yeah, <sighs> exactly. Exactly. No. Oh. You're awfully silent over there. Does he ever... He talks all the time. (laughs) He's a good talker. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Jamie's a smart guy. (sighs) But we could wrap this up if you'd like. She has to be out of here, I thought. Yeah. 2.45. Okay. Oh, shit. She should probably get out of here. That did just Um, whiz by. Did you drive? No. No? Someone getting you? Okay. Um, When can people find out where you're playing and when you're playing live... What's the best way? Is it your website? Yes. Lizfair.com. Okay. I think. I and don't actually know. <laughs> people find it. Go look for it. And your collection I is... I think they're sold out. Is it? The really? Show. Already? The shows, yeah. Damn, look at you. Uh, yeah, that, was, that went exceedingly fast and I was terrified by it. I had like a complete breakdown and couldn't be on Twitter for three days because I was so shocked Why? at how fast they went. I Did just, you get nervous? I, I don't know. It just I, it became very real very fast. Whoa. <laughs> um, when the box set's coming out, I think, is May 4th, which may the 4th be with you. Okay. And, and also with you. Um, very excited about that. Awesome. I'm going to buy it. It's like a compendium. It's like it's my origin story, basically. Right. You wrap this up, and if I kick the bucket, we're good. We know where <laughs> I came from. It's all like collected in beautiful packaging. Um, super cool. This fair. This was a lot of fun. I this really was a really it. lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. This is it. the best. Let's make all interviews like this. I wish you could. All right. Thank you very much. Liz Fair, ladies and gentlemen. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into the podcast. Hey. And thanks to our sponsors. Thank you to the Cash App. 
Go to the Google Play Store or the App Store. Download the Cash App for free. Use the promo code Joe Rogan. One word, you'll get five bucks. And $5 will go to Justin Wren's Fight for the Forgotten Charity. Thank you also to Athletic Greens. Uh, You can get 20 free travel packs valued at $99 with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Rogan and claim your special offer today. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash Rogan. Don't miss out. We're also brought to you by NetSuite. Download their free Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth Guide today at netsuite.com forward slash Rogan. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com forward slash Rogan. And last but not least, we are brought to you by Wish, the Wish app. Very fucking easy to use and you can save a shit ton of money. And Wish is offering all new users a free gift with the purchase. But again, dedicated Wish lovers do not have to worry about being left out. All the listeners of this podcast can get 20% off your purchase by using my code ROGAN, R-O-G-A-N. Just download and open your Wish app, find the things you didn't even know you needed, enter my code ROGAN for 20% off your purchase. I mean, come on. That's a great fucking deal. Hey! That was a fun podcast. Liz Fair is cool as fuck. Took me by surprise. Because we had heard that uh, our publicist was like, she doesn't want to do video. And now, I, I used to like, when someone would say something like that, I'd be like, what kind of shit is that? They don't want to do video? Come on. She's beautiful. Like, why would she care? But then I realized it's not even them. It's like a wacky publicist almost always a wacky publicist or not even a publicist but someone who works at the publicist like we didn't know anything about video no no video stop the video stop her from doing video they get crazy they get super protective everything that I've ever done my publicist probably told me to not do not my my current one he's awesome anyway that's it for the whole motherfucking week next week uh, my good friends Chris and Mark Bell will be here. Um, they are the the team behind uh, Chris Bell's uh, it's his project and Mark Bell's his brother. Um, the uh, bigger, stronger, faster documentary, which is an amazing documentary. That's how I found out about those guys. And then Prescription Thugs was another one they did afterwards, and um, they're working on one with Kratom now. I think it's called A Leaf of Faith. Is that what it is? Um, they're, they're fucking awesome dudes. They'll be here on the 9th. On Tuesday the 10th, El Guapo will be here. Bas Rutend, the great Basito, former UFC heavyweight champion, all-around bad motherfucker. Matt Farrell will be here from the Smoking Tire. Yeah, all you car dorks. We're going to get to talk cars. The great and powerful Tom Segura will be here as well. What a fucking week. And again, Thursday, April 12th, which is uh, a week from tomorrow, is the first of the weekly, or monthly rather, comedy store shows. The Joe Rogan and Friends shows. Okay. All right. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate the fuck out of you people. And uh, that's it for now. Bye-bye.